This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast. Yo, 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 it's OLP episode 324 coming at you from the Custom Car Show Productions Compound. We want to give a huge shout out to CCSP. They'll, of course, have their next event in conjunction with Keg Media, Orange Beach Invasion. It's going down in March. We'll talk more about it. And then their flagship event this September, this June, Scraping the Coast, the 21st Annual Thank you so much to Custom Car Show Productions. Come on out to OBI. It's free. Spectators and Scraping the Coast, of course, you can pay to spectate. It's a great time. But I think I heard Miggity Mike, the mayor. What's going down, my brother? Oh, dude, just another beautiful day. I said beautiful day in Southwest Florida. Uh, just glad we can get on here and uh, and do our thing. I was talking to Joey Whitby earlier out in AZ. And I was telling them, dude, we're swan diving in the lakes over here off bridges, dude, going uh, 83 degrees, bro. You know, that's why we live in Florida, Mike. Bro, so you say swan dive off of bridges. Have you ever swan dived off of a bridge? Dude, I've swan dived a lot. I don't, I can't say that it's been off a bridge because usually, right, when I get ready to swan dive, that's when I just go into the cannonball, like the safe, kind of the safe zone, right? Because I'm not a professional diver, you know what I mean? We talked about this other day. I mean, there's kind of different divings, right? But we are a family-oriented podcast, so let's not go there, Mike. Because, oh, you know, oh, oh, I know okay. you swan dive and, uh, you know. Well, I was just curious. You brought it up about swan diving, and I'm more of a belly flop kind of guy. Now, we want to see it. Your brother was telling me back in the day when you were at the club that's how you learned to do the worm so good when you were like, go white boy, go white boy, go. And vanilla would come on. He said you had the, the little thing shaved in your eyebrows and everything, bro. He said, honestly, if they were to recast one of the worst movies of all time, cool as ice, was it called that with, you know, vanilla ice? He said that he thinks that you could get casted as, as vanilla. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I think that's very possible. Absolutely. I think it was a good thing. Your brother said, you know, too, cause he, you know, he looks up to you, Mike. Oh, dude. I mean, well, he looks kind of like right at in my eyes because <laughs> we're we're basically the same height. <laughs> and the same age, right? You guys are twins, right? No, we're not twins. You twins. And... Come on, man. Uh, Danny uh, DeVito yeah, slash. Twins. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're twins. Just like me and John Lopez. We're, you know, we're, we're twins too. Yeah. When am I going to get my royalties for that photo, man? I can't keep sharing this stuff, Mike, for free, That's man. True. You have told me about that, and I yeah. apologize. We'll, we'll make that happen. Don't worry. Well, Mike, on episode 324, if the stars align, we pretty much got it lined up where you know we're going to kick this bad boy off. We're doing that now. Then we're going to roll into Don. Don was at Grand National Roadster Show, as so many people were. I really kicked myself for not making it. Don owns Steel Flame, so we'll talk with him a little bit about piggybacking off Steve Platt last episode with now uh, Don being the current owner of Steel Flame. He's refurbished some things to kind of bring it up to its its amazing glory. Uh, just a couple small things he did. And then we, we will uh, chat with our title guest, uh, Fred Hebron, I believe is how you pronounce it. So Fred has been on our list a while. We're going to thank Eric Fulber 
and Randy and a lot of these guys for really kind of linking us up with Fred. So, you know, thanks to those dudes for always looking out, Mike, for OLP. Uh, dude, obviously, we have uh, we have quite a few of those guys that uh, have continuously always looked out for uh, out for us and uh, definitely appreciate those guys. No doubt the episode overview brought to you by Hammered Weekend Wear. We tell you time and time again, H-A-M-M-E-R-D. Weekendwear.com. Hit them up. I know if you do go out there to H-A-M-M-E-R-D, as Mike said, weekendwear.com, uh, you'll see on the front page, you got to scroll down. They got a new landing splash page. You got Top Dog Banner, and you got Notorious with double S's. No, 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 Notorious uh, Banner. So you got the banners, you got the Hey Friends, you've even got the Taste of America, a lot of recent ones. So, Mike, Valentine's Day is around the corner, and if you want to get your loved one or significant other, something special, hit up Hammered Weekend Wear. Ain't that right, Mike? Oh, always, always. And, hey, I don't know if you mentioned it, but coming out here real soon, because they already did the pre-order, and I can't wait because I got me a whole bunch of those. Come albums. on. All right, never mind. I won't even No, no. It. Okay, yeah, Bananarama is amic. Yeah, I'm excited it about is this amic. That is right, buddy. All right. Well, hey, I, I didn't want to talk about it if you didn't want me to talk no, about no, it. No, no, no. Hammered Weekend Wear, dude. That That's the tattoo you're getting, right, on the bag deal? But you got to pay the fee. Exactly. Well, I, you know, see, you see, Mike, how excited I got, man. Like, talking about, like, Hammered Weekend Wear, that's, you know, it gets me right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you get excited about talking about his Amic, or is, uh, is, uh, did you just get talking, just get excited about talking about, um, Hammered? Well, I, I mean, I don't want to go into detail, but I mean, I could see if we film this when, you know, like, here's the deal, like, it's going to be like a wrestling deal. You know, you come up to them at LST, because we're going to be there in a couple weeks, and you're like, Yes, oh, praise other. You got the buzz and the res and the because you know I'm 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 itching for it, you know. And then that's your practice, because remember, like I was telling you, when the judges judge the truck, you can kind of talk to them in Carney so that all the other showgoers don't know. And then that's you trying to kind of get the the trophies, man, because you know you want to win the trophies, right, Mike? Mm, yes, always. Dude, I, I got to get my homie Paul Lane, one of my oldest friends, one of my best friends, to come on here and really do like a Carney school, you know? Because I think, you know, I don't want anyone to take our idea, but I think we do need to help like teach people, you know? Because to me, like sign language, you can take that in high school, Mike, and that counts as a language, and that's great. But I, I really think, especially in Florida, you know, like the Florida man, Carney, let's be honest, I mean, you grew up a stone's throw. From from Gibtown, you know what I mean. You know as well as I do. Kids Arnie needs to be part of the. La- I mean, it's part of the language here, man. You know all the the Carney goers. So, to me, if we could do some classes, that would help. Kind of, you know, Mike. We're all about giving back here at OLP. If we can learn them how to tiz arc some kids, you know what I mean. Then they can help. You know, kind of get the judges over at some of the shows too. Well, here's the deal: is I grew up in good old Ruskin. Which was not too far from Gibbstown, yeah, and and Rivs are view, and those are damn. That's the Carney capital of the world. Yeah, there was a rumor that was floating around, and you know I don't like to kind of bring these up on the podcast, but there was talk of you being kin to like you know Lobster Boy and stuff. You know what I mean? Again, I I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean he did have that def- deformity or whatever you call it, but. Kind of weird, Mike. You know, that's at least, I'm just telling you what I hear, you know? I mean, 
It's just rumors. Lobster. Um. Bite. Well, I will not deny or confirm. Or kiss him first. Okay. Okay. Enough with that. But we did. Unfortunately, we celebrated. Well. Unfortunately, recently was the 30th anniversary of Andre the Giant's passing. Can you believe, dude? That was 93, man. Jesus. And I actually posted, uh, I re- you know, you know, Mike, I remember some stuff. I remember being in the Atlanta airport one time, and there was um, there's a sticker, if you guys could ever find it, it's got to still be there, of Andre the Giant. And I posted that, and a lot of people chimed in on it. They were like, yeah, you know, that's a certain, you know, that's a certain artwork. I forget who did it, but... You know, he's definitely a legend, and people said also to check out some of the documentaries, which I need to do. And then someone even said for one of the shows, you can drive, I guess, over to his hometown. Uh, it might be a stone's throw from Mini Nats. And, Mike, next time we're at Mini Nats, like, if you do want to kind of peel away for a couple hours and do, like, a little, you know, three-hour tour, maybe we could do that, you know? Kind of like a an R&R for OLP. You know, like, I would maybe pay for the ticket, but you'd have to kind of kind of front the gas, you know what I mean? Ah, okay. No, no, I got you. Hey, that sounds good to me. If you're down, I'm down. Oh, yeah. Okay, so next, Mike, we got the general updates. And I do recognize so far this year, we kind of have been, I don't want to say the B word, you know, the bi-weekly. But as of right now, things are going good. I know some of you guys are, are, are great listeners are like, yo, man, we're itching for some more. I would just tell everyone, Mike, stay tuned to YouTube. There's going to be a lot more content. I have continued to ramp up there, going through some old trucking, street trucks, mini truckings, you name it. But just keep their eyes peeled, Mike, with with toothpicks. You know what I mean? That's when I say keep your eyes peeled. Like put the toothpicks, you know, open them up, and they're they're going to see more coming there. Well, that's how I drive to LST. Is I just put the toothpicks in, and I'm good to go. Yeah, because you know I'll be delirious. Because you know, remember I'm working when I'm sleeping. You know what I mean? I'm trying to kind of come up with these ideas and it's not easy mike oh believe me i know i've you've given me you know you've given me quite a few yeah <laughs> yeah uh the general updates brought to you by lone star throwdown we will be out there and if all goes well we'll talk to radar this week a little bit about lst 2023 boy does that have a ring to it uh if if you have doubted us or the truck community on just how rad this show is as ronnie would say uh, we're believe it or not, from the point of this recording, we're 16 days, 13 hours, 30 minutes, and 57 seconds away. Go to LoneStarThrowdown.com and uh, join us in Conroe. It's going down. We're going to have a new spot. We'll talk about that later. Uh, we're going to have a new spot that we're going to be just even more accessible to everyone. So come on by. Uh, we're stoked about it. But Mike, I got one question for you. Are you ready, my brother? Now it's time to get serious. Always, always ready, homie. Now listen, dude. I'm going to get right to the chase. Now you got to think about this one, right? Because there's not a lot of groups from Florida. Mike, what Florida-based group released their nasty third album today in 1989? Okay, when I say today, I mean the day of this recording, February 7th. Name the group. I'm going to give you a tick mark for the group name and name the album that was very nasty. Okay? So think about it. There weren't a lot of groups that I know, I know your mom would have taken this cassette tape from you as a kid, dude. And I know that you're nasty and you were probably listening to this kind of filth and trash. Yeah, I mean, I know I wasn't. 
Okay, well, the nasty you are referring to, they're straight out of Orlando, Florida, is Backstreet Boys. Ah, ding, 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 ding. You're wrong, bro. You're wrong. Oh, no way. Dude. There's no way I was wrong. I know their damn album was called Nasty As You Want To Be, and it was two live crew. Dude, my man, he got it. He got the two tick marks, so Mike, you're at least... You're at least in the green, dude, because I was getting a little worried. I don't want to start collecting money from my buddy, you know, 100 bucks a shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> so at this point, if you had the tick, I think you had the one tick last week. Now you're up to three. So that's great. And, dude, you remember that was an out, you know, those, you know, those songs and, you know, some of that stuff. We got to give a lot of credit to Luke Campbell because uh, without him, you know, he helped. If you guys ever go watch the Netflix series uh, about hip hop. Hip hop evolution, you know, he talk. They talk about how important him fighting freedom of speech because Mike, they tried to shut up Luke, didn't they? Uh, always. I'll just, I mean, dude, huge shout out to Scraping the Coast, but you know, Jake McKitty, he. There's one song that they love to play on the inside, at, you know, in the, in the air conditioned poisoning, the AC poisoning, Freon poisoning. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, we, what is it? We want some basketballs or something. Hey, uh, I do. we want some. Uh, football. Body drops. Yeah. Hey, we want some air bags or something like that. I can't remember. Hey, we want some more air compressors. Hey, we want some hammered or something. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're losing listeners at this point. But uh, yes, Mike got it. Two Live Crew, as nasty as they want to be. And Mike, that's a perfect time because, you know, the, the, the big games coming around the corner. And I just got to ask you this, you know, I was wrong last week, you know, just piggybacking off the trivia here. I was wrong. I thought Joe Burrow was going to come out and really stomp out. He did play solid, but Mike, we have to agree on one thing. Everybody's Uh saying this, even if you're not a big sports fan, don't tune out yet. Maybe possibly the worst officiated game possibly in the history of the big league, man. Um, I would have to say it's pretty damn close if it wasn't. Yeah, so listen, here's the, here you know you always get down to the last two teams and you're like, man, well, it's going to be a good game. The quarterback for the Eagles, a stud, I think he's really well. I mean, just a it seems like a good dude, man. You know, he said, "Hey, guys have doubted me. I just keep pushing forward." But then you got kind of the the, the guy that's um, you know that's that's this is in his third Super Bowl now, right? So, like, I'm wondering, like, are, is Andy Reid going to be able to take out the Eagles as his old team, or is he going to be, like, now one and two in Super Bowls? Any prediction from Miggity Mike the Mayor? I'm going to say that it's going to be the Eagles, and I'm going to say that um, it's going to be by at least three touchdowns. Wow, okay. Well, I tell you what, you talk about a punch in the mouth, right? I know some of our listeners are, you know, Niners gang and all that stuff. I get it. Hey, I'm not talking crap about anybody. But, dude, me never being an Eagles fan, I'll tell you what, those guys came out like, I mean, rabid dogs, dude. You know, I mean, dude, literally like a punch in the mouth. So we'll see. The Trivia with Mike is brought to you by AccuAir. Visit AccuAir.com. Check out their social media. Uh, Also check them out on YouTube, A-C-C-U-Air.com. They have... The easiest plug-and-play applications, of course, you can piggyback off of what they've got. Whether you want to go with the height sensors or just the controller, or maybe you want to go E-level, AccuAir.com, let them know that OLP sent you. So, Mike, next we got ODB, Hut 1, Hut 2, Hut 3, Hut, Old Dirty Ballard, live and uncut. 
And Mike, here's what all I'm going to say. It's going to piggyback and dovetail into what we did last weekend. I tell everybody, I would encourage you, slap hands with the kinfolk that's even outside your crew. You know, maybe you're a quiet guy or lady and you kind of just go to shows and you stick to yourself. Listen, there's a lot of good people in the scene and I would highly encourage you as we get into LST time, Orange Beach Invasion, Mini Nats, these next three big events, reach out, hang out with people, man. You Be like, yo, man, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so. Like, man, you know, Mike, that's what it's about. And think about what a great time we all had at Dragon the Alley. Your crew in Florida, why don't you just lay it down what went down? Oh, uh, bro, it was actually um, the biggest um, Dragon the Alley to date. We had over 20 lanes, over 20 total lanes competing out there. And hats off to our boys over at Low Bros for taking home the trophy uh, this year. Rigged, uh, bro. Rigged, right? Or no, no, uh-huh. no, no. That one wasn't rigged. My bad. Yeah, yeah, no. Definitely not rigged. Um, we, I, I seen the paperwork, and uh, it was definitely not rigged, bro. It was it was uh, straight up uh, uh, day one. And uh, so hats off to the Low Bros. Uh, for uh, coming out and and, uh, and and taking care of business, man. And, uh, dude, not only the, the, the lanes, the guys came out and and, uh, and competed, uh, but the vehicles were out in full force as well, man. So, overall, it was a, it was a great, uh, great day, uh, not only for a little show and shine, uh, but a bowling tournament as well. So, uh, definitely had a good time, that's for sure. Yeah, thanks to Rico, all of the Aftermath Florida crew, but a lot of different people that kind of maybe have their hands in promoting it. A lot of good clubs out there. And I don't want well, to name pass just off to Christian because that's Christian's baby right there. Yeah, and, Christian, and, there you uh, go. He does a he does a great great job every year of of putting it together and 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 making it happen. So uh, hats off to Christian for uh, for once again making it happen. Yeah, and other than aftermath, I don't want to name any of the clubs because you know that's not what it was about. I mean, it was a great event. A lot of clubs did come out, which was awesome. And it felt good to be there. It had been a while. I hadn't been since they were down south. And, you know, just with the way things are and the show season kind of getting in full effect, I was able to ride out with Vic and his wife, Dee. We had a great time. Like you said, the outdoor, the couple hours, it wasn't anything overdone. Indoors was awesome. Uh, Good food, great location. We hope that if you're in Florida, that you will join us next year, more than likely in January. Uh, for Dragon the Alley, if you want to find out more, it's just Dragon the Alley on social media. Uh, look them up, right, Mike? Absolutely, and uh, don't worry because uh, as soon as Christian's ready and uh, to make those announcements, uh, there will be an, an event page made, and uh, the dates for uh, next year will be released. And uh, just just basically, it's uh, chances are it's going to be the first weekend in February uh, going forward. Ten phase or. Uh, ODB Live and Uncut brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. If you're a show promoter and you want to add your artwork to a skate deck, you better get in line. Hit up Joey at Get Decked. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. It's Get Decked VA on Instagram or Joey Dilworth on Facebook. More than likely, I don't want to say the number, but he's producing a lot of skate decks for Lone Star Throwdown and so many other shows. We cannot thank him enough. All of our skate decks come from Joey. Featuring our amazing artwork from Graphic Disorder. Shout out to Joey at Get Decked. Of course, he also has his own merchandise. You can visit his website and check it out there. So, Mike, we got the scene updates, dude. And um, although we're going to talk, hopefully, with Don just in a little bit, 
Uh, this I got to hit on just a couple. So check this out. So Stranger, we all know, we had mentioned several weeks, months, however many episodes back, that uh, Brett Hunsaker had purchased this RA guy. Uh, just a good dude. Seems like a very humble guy. Always had some cool stuff. I got a chance to see. I think it was the bag Tesla that they had when it was um, at the SEMA kickoff party a couple years back. But you know, for him to acquire Stranger, Mike, you know, when you take on an epic truck like that, you know, there's often people kind of whispering like, "Wow, you know, bought this and that." Dude, he he he's done it so perfectly. They they come out with this awesome truck on stands. I mean, it just gets a lot of recognition. Really never probably sh- shown on the West Coast, if you will. Uh, totally understand that. But then uh, Pascal ends up making an appearance. And, of course, you know, Brett has has done it just so gracefully, man. You know, giving all the credit to Little Shop as well as Pascal. But for Pascal to be there, I mean, dude, just what a great transition of uh, a truly an epic truck, man. Uh, yes, uh, we were definitely, um, privileged, uh, to see this thing in person, you know, multiple times. And, uh, but as, as badass as this truck is, uh, you can never see it enough. So, uh, definitely look forward to seeing this, uh, the stranger, uh, again in person. Most definitely. And think about this too. Last episode, we have Steve Platt on, you know, been on the list a long time. Finally got a chance to link up. You guys heard him. If you haven't go back and listen Maybe one of our best episodes ever. And Steve, you know, owning Steel Flame, the Hot Wheels truck, so to speak. You know, Don owns it now. We're going to be talking to Don on this episode, but Don was at Grand National Roadster Show. Steve makes the trip out from Vegas. And Mike, just, I mean, it really is showing kind of the respect, right, that so many people have for these awesome trucks. And I would I would point this out, Mike. You know, there's always that, oh, it was bought versus built type deal. Remember, a lot of these guys in our scene that many of us look up to, that you guys may look up to, they wouldn't have the opportunity to build the next truck, so to speak, if it wasn't for them being able to sell their existing truck, right? I mean, so many guys thrive on buy, build, and sell, and buy, build, and sell, and kind of repeat, rinse, repeat. So, you know, huge shout out to these guys like Steve Platt, like Pascal, that are saying, hey, man, the time was, the time came for me to pass my truck on to another dude or lady. Don's got Steel Flame now, and Steve was out there. My understanding, too, I talked to Joey Whitby. He had confirmed that uh, Steve had provided the little notch cover. It's a, It says Hot Wheels. He gave that, I believe, we'll talk to Don later, he gave that back to Don or, you know, donated it to the truck, so to speak. So, again, Mike, a lot of good stuff going on in the truck scene. Oh, dude, you ain't lying. And the pictures from this past weekend were just were freaking oh, awesome. And it was so good to see all those mini trucks out there, um, you know, with all those badass old school builds for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, Mike, I, I want to say this because, dude, I think, I mean, hopefully Jason Ramsey's been listening to the podcast because he's got a Mazda Cap Plus, not an extended cap, Mike. And I think he has gotten motivated, you know, coming after you, bro, with your Mazda. Because, you know, you're kind of walking around with your chest poked out, you know. You got the Mazda. You got your new hood. You know, I think it was Cactus Jack, supposedly, off the top ropes onto the hood. I've heard varying stories. But Jason Ramsey, shout out to him. He has a new Mazda build. And he's got one of those rendered rides that kind of looks just so perfect. Uh, Slam Specialties is on board and some other guys. But, Mike, you see his rendering, and I know you're shaking. I know, Mike, you're shaking in your boots. 
But all I would tell you, Mike, is is just be careful because there's a lot more guys coming after you, man. Uh, you know, I I never realized how many people were that. Uh, yeah, you know, of driven. my little of my little Mazda. Yeah. Uh, never had an idea of you know, and uh, until I started listening to you. Yeah, and uh, you definitely keep me up and uh, and let me know, you know, just how nervous these guys are and uh, coming after me yeah. with my Mazda. So yeah, I, I, I had no idea. Well, I mean, Mike, I just want to let you know, you know, remember the first episode of the year, I kind of asked you like how much build and Chrome you got and you kind of said you had other stuff going on, but you know, I, you know, I, at, uh, dragging the Owl, I did talk to Shannon I just said, Hey, you know, Mike mentioned he didn't get any build for the truck. And she goes, what are you talking about? And I go, you know, we got to kind of talk about this, you know, cause I'm trying to help you win a trophy, Mike. So she said, you know, duly noted, and she's going to work on that. You know what I mean? But I'm just looking out for my homie, man. That's all. Hey, no, no, and I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, but uh, you know, she did kind of give me that. What the hell is Jason talking about? Um, you know, when we when we were leaving. So. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to start any fights, but I mean, I gave her I, I I did an airdrop, and I sent her. You know, Tom from Building Acrylic Fantasies. I go, yo, save this number. She goes, no, 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 I don't want any guys' numbers. I go, no, this is the billet guy. She goes, oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm just looking out, man. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And and I tell you what, uh, she was curious to what the hell you were talking about after, you know, when we left. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I said billet award. I mean, that, is that the code word? Like, you know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's all good. I mean, I, I definitely see, uh, see some, you know, new billets uh, in the future. So, yeah, brother. Well, speaking about new in the future, I don't think we've, you know, because we haven't been weekly this year, but Matt Hodgson, he says, well, the Canyon is still in the garage. We talked about him selling it, but he talked about um, the new Forerunner that he's building, 88 Toyota Forerunner. So I'm stoked for him. Can't wait to slap hands at Southeast Money Truck and Nats here coming up, kind of third weekend in April. Very much looking forward to Boombox. And, Mike, I tell you what, these renderings get cooler, the names, the colors. Mike, right now is a great time to be a part of the scene, isn't it? It's always a good time. No matter what time it is, it's always great to be a part of uh, the scene. Uh, we live and talk and breathe and shit and everything else. Yeah. So, dude, I, I just I, I cannot wait to LS, for LST, bro. It's going to be off the chain like it always is. And I uh, just look forward to seeing everybody. And let's be honest, before we move on from this section, you have talked, you've got a confirmation from Skiz Audi the Biz Audi, and he is trying to take over the weather deal, apparently for every episode instead of Miggity Mike, but he is trying to start kind of confirming stuff, and we've had to remind Scotty the body, hey, we appreciate the, we appreciate it, but remember, you know, the weather can change, and we're just, you know, we're optimistic, but Mike, we don't want to talk about it yet, you know what I mean? No, the weather is what the weather is, and what it's going to be. And, uh, and at the end of the day, we're going regardless of whatever the weather is going to be. Real Deal Holyfield, the scene updates brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. You can hit them up at Lone Star Throwdown or garagegearclothing.com. They do have free shipping options available if you hit a certain price point. They're great people. Again, another option in our scene. If you're looking for Valentine's Day type gifts, get out there. Support the Real Deal Holyfield. They attend more shows than we do throughout the country. GarageGearClothing.com. Mike, the scene up, or excuse me, Biggity Mike, the show updates. So here's where we're at. This is very high level. 
if I were to have to pick one for the next couple months, we already know where we're going to be this month, Lone Star Throwdown. Next month, Mike, I've been telling people, yo, come on down from the cold. Hit up obishow.com, the brand new website, the 24, 25th, 26th. Mike, off the top ropes, one of the best, if not the best venue in the country. And Mike, it's free to spectators. Can you believe it? Oh, absolutely. I believe it. And, and like you said, it is absolutely free uh, for spectators. Um, it is by far one of the best venues in the, the whole United States, all car shows out there. And uh, and if you're not staying on property, that's okay. But, guys, it doesn't get any better than walking out of your condo and walking right down, and boom, there's the show. There's the restaurants. We say this time and time and time again, uh, you know, the shopping, the the, um, the the movie theater, the Ferris wheel. There's just so much there to do. You can't get bored. Uh, there's tons of vehicles to look at, tons of people there, uh, shit tons of vendors. Uh, is You definitely, definitely don't want to miss out on OBI. Hands down, uh, one of my favorite shows of the year by far. Yeah, after that, we're basically going to be at Southeast Mini Truck and Nats. We all know it is Mini Nats, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Maggie Valley, North Carolina. That's April. So then Mike in May, for those scoring at home, uh, DJ Mays and crew and, and all some of the you know the members there in RA and, of course, the surrounding uh, chapters, they put down a great show, Relax It in the Park, and I do believe the pre-registration has opened with that. So RelaxinInThePark.com. And then, Mike, that weekend, I'm going to be uh, at Made a Steel. So basically... My severed brothers and sisters, we are going to go out to Made of Steel. I really want to make it to relax in the park again, but this year is just not going to be the year. But Made of Steel is going on in Dover. June is Scraping the Coast, our title sponsor. Uh, scraping with an I-N, the coast, scrapingthecoast.com. Of course, this is going down the 23rd, 24th, 25th. And this is the 21st anniversary scrapingthecoast.com for more. One of the biggest, baddest shows. I call it kind of a mini SEMA because the indoors is that good. Uh, July, Southern Tradition, so the weekend after. Fourth of July weekend. And then let's not forget our kinfolk to round it out. August, The Spark Show in Sevierville, Tennessee. And Mike, you know, I'm hearing it's the 10th anniversary of The Sparks Show. What do you say, dog? Uh, I'm saying that I can't wait because I'll be there uh, this year. Haven't been uh, in the last couple of years, and uh, I look forward to getting back up there to good old Sevierville, Tennessee. Are you going to be taking biz and his and that one or the now? Uh, well, yeah. Remember, you're towing it up there for me. Yeah, for 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 free and stuff. You know, it, for free and stuff. That's right. Yeah, because I told you I got that new like it's like a car dolly thing. You know, where you kind of jack the front up. That'll be fine, right? Oh, hey, whatever it takes to get it up there, that's that's all I care about. And I pull them backwards, kind of like a repo deal. Because I kind of like, you know, kind of drive around like, damn, did he just repo that truck? You know, I was like, yeah, man, I just got it. So your truck will be fine, I think. It doesn't have any leaks, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It'll be perfectly fine. Show updates brought to you by minitruckfilm.com. Don't just take our word for it. Visit minitruckfilm.com and order the Blu-ray or DVD of the West Coast Influence. Radar will thank you. 
He appreciates it. He put his own money out to fund this documentary-style film about mini trucking. Mike, last two things, podcast updates. Everything has shipped out. Some of the orders that have come in, we can't thank you guys enough for the pre-sale. Uh, we're going to have those, it looks like, at LST. We have to thank Graphic Disorder for uh, always taking care of us. And, Mike, we're excited to launch Red Bottom Chevy. This one's been in the works for a while, and it's cool, Mike. Our first kind of new, 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 new. I don't know how many news, right, we're on. But let's just say new body style Chevy. Fat Fab's built. Yes, sir. And uh, I tell you what, it is going to be a hot seller at LST. Oh, sure. And the sponsor of the segment is Graphics Mafia. That's graphics with an X, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. If you need stickers, light design work, maybe a wrap, uh, hit them up. They can traffic those decals across state lines right to the show that you're at. Of course, they will make sure that there's no dog sniffing dogs around. You know what I mean? Do- no, you know, trafficking sniffing dogs around because, I mean, that vinyl, Mike, that's straight fire, ain't it? <laughs> And then last but not least, Mike, the Airhead Nations, I do want to uh, give a shout-out uh, to two of our great people in the scene. Joe Molina. Uh, Joe has uh, – he's a, he's an OG severed guy. Uh, he has been going through some health things. I believe he's at home and he's resting. Uh, his awesome lady, Morgan Bailey, we see them at Lone Star every year, Mike. They represent C10 Vatos. Uh, again, he's you know these are my severed kinfolk. But most importantly, they're just great human beings. And uh, to Joe Molina, who we had on for those scoring at home very, very early in the podcast. We'd have to link up with them in the future. But right now, first and foremost, rest up, our brother, quadruple OG, Morgan. I know you're taking care of the big homie. Thank you guys for everything you do for the truck scene. We love C10 Vatos. But most importantly, we always say, Mike, health is wealth. Get well, Joe. And we'll see you at the next one, right, Mike? Help this wealth and family first, baby. Love it. This is brought to you by CNS Metalworks. If you need uh, parts, if you need airbags, air suspension, you name it, CS Metalworks with an S, CS Metalworks.com. You can also hit Chris up on Instagram, CNS Metalworks. They are great people. He'll take care of you. He ordered a lot of parts for me. I can't thank him enough, and he's a good kinfolk. So, Chris. Take care of you guys out there like you always do, and we'll see you at the next show. Mike, I think that's it, man. I got to bounce in a minute. I appreciate you taking the time. And please, if I know you're going to say you threw away the hood. I hope you didn't because my understanding is if Cactus Jack really did land on that hood, that motherfucker should go on eBay, dog. You know what I'm saying? Is there any truth to that? The hood is still in my garage, so we're good there. So can, you don't okay. have to worry about that. Can we auction it with Jay Bell and, and, and you know Sean Rose and team? Is there any way if we could somehow get a photo of Cactus Jack laying on it again? Could we somehow get some autographs involved? Maybe a wall hanger? I mean, Mike, or Mike you got to work this deal, man. Do it for a good cause, Mike. If we can make the room, you know, they might be happy to have it up there as a wall hanger deal. Well, I definitely think that we could, uh, we could, you know, auction it off. Um, I getting Cactus Jack to to pose with it again. That's a different story. I'm not really sure okay. if we can make that happen, but I'm sure we can do something. You know, Dizzy can come up with some idea right. of of getting you know Captain Jack on there. 
Um, but we would have to see what he can come up with. Um, Dizzy but, Designs helping so many shows. Hit him up if you need the work, uh, the design work, if you will, to do some of these little deals he's sharing in social media. But, Mike, for certain, let's see how we can work this. Maybe we can get a bunch of people, like everybody that comes by the booth at OLP or the OLP booth at Mini Nats, maybe they could autograph it. Mike, you know my mind's always going, but this one's for real deal. This is for a good cause. We've got some other things in the work with the bottom being skate deck, signed by a couple people. So just stick with us. Mini Nats is going to be off the hook. We hope that you guys will join us, whether you've got an in or an out in terms of your ticket. You can always spectate it. Ain't that right, Mike? Oh, always. Always. And uh, definitely look forward to uh, J-Bell and, and, and crew because, uh, I mean, that by far is the, uh, the best penny trucking show, uh, best cruising show, um, just hanging out. Best spot. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's always a good time in Maggie Valley. So you got to make sure you guys get out there. If you've never been and like, what is wrong with you? If you've never been to Maggie Valley for many nets, you know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, I don't even know what to say, dude. I'm speechless for the first time. bro. boom. Mike, tell Shannon, we said, what up? Appreciate you guys always taking care of the, his orders. We'll hit you guys, uh, Lord willing, with another episode soon. Stay tuned. We might have Radar next. We've got a few guests lined up. We appreciate your support, Mike. Stay on the rise, dog. Hey, Airhead Nation, we out ya. Hey, hey, so like I said, I'm super excited to sit down with, I want to make sure I say it right, it's Don Garling, right? Correct. Hey, Don. Thank, Jason? Good, good. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time just to chat with us and talk trucks. Yeah, no problem. So I did want to, you know, kind of do a spotlight on you. And um, what I thought was neat is, you know, you recently acquired this truck that we'll talk about. But do you mind just giving like a little bit of information about who who's Don Garling? So I grew up uh, with mini trucks, uh, you know, graduated high school in 88. So right when all the mini trucks came out, started coming out. Buddies had mini trucks. Um, back in the day, I was in uh, California Cruisers. Um, uh, back when Sean Mahaney, that's when I first met Sean Mahaney. Um, cool. All my buddies had mini trucks. Um, you know, back in those days, you'd go to local cruise. I grew up in Orange County, so local cruise night was like Angelo's or Carl's Jr. And you'd always see, you know, Lee Bauer would show up with his yellow Toyota or Bill Harrell. Um, and just, you know, always loved the mini trucks. Yes. Epic times I hear about Carl's Jr. all the time. I mean, whoever had that location really had the money flowing in, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they sure did, yep. Yeah. yeah, so just grew up around mini trucks and, you know, kind of got out of it, you know, with uh, he married, raising a family, and, uh, you know, just kind of uh, was still into cars, but not you know, like I am now. Uh, now I kind of had an Impala, hung out with Impala clubs, and then kind of got back into the mini truck thing since my kids are grown. Yeah, very cool, man. I appreciate kind of sharing the backstory. And then what part, um, you know, where, where you're talking about, that's like, that's considered Southern California, right? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. And you probably have a lot of, I know I always bring this up with the guests, but you probably have a lot of memories of that era. If you think Pal Peralta and the BMX and freestyle bikes, uh, man, it just was an awesome era, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, I find myself going back watching the Police Academy movies, and you know, as corny as they are, it just brings me back to a, a special time. And you know, I think it was Police Academy three where they got the the freestyle guys with all the the bike suit stuff on, and it just brings me back and go, man, dude, I wish I had a time machine. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, it sure was a good time and uh, a lot different than, than now, that's for sure. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more with you, Don. Now, last episode, I kind of wanted to compliment having Steve Platt on. You had a chance to recently meet him, but I'm very curious, you know, when we talked to Steve, a couple, you know, there have been a couple of owners of Steel Flame, the famous Hot Wheels truck, but, you know, can you maybe just walk us through, like, how did you end up acquiring the truck, man? I woke up one morning and I usually, I kind of browse uh, Facebook marketplace and just happened to be browsing Facebook marketplace and there was the truck for sale. Wow. Um, so I'm like, you know, how, how could that be? It's probably a scam. It's not really for sale, you know? Yep. So, um, I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever. And then kept thinking about thinking about it. So, um, I, uh, said, you know, I got to wake up my wife and say, Hey, you know, this truck's for sale, whatever I'm on, you know, she'll probably be pissed waking up five <laughs> thirty in the morning, you know? <laughs> right. So, so I took my chances and, Probably because she was half asleep, she said, "Yeah, go ahead and get it." So I'm like, "Oh, smart no way. man, smart man." You know, so yeah, so she said, "Get it," and um, you know, I tried contacting um, at the time. Ross had it; he had somebody put it up for sale for him, and I tried contacting her um, messenger. No response. No response. Uh, so I'm like, "Man," I looked through friends, and Joe Bernardo's name came up. That's in RA, and. Um, so my wife said, hey, call Joe. And I said, I'm not going to call Joe at 530 in the morning. So I finally messaged Joe, and he got back to me. And uh, so he got me in touch with Ross. And uh, that was 530 in the morning. By noon, I was up in Central California with a trailer picking up the truck. Dude, the same day? The same day. Yeah, and how important is it? You just uh, you can attest to it that you have to be ready you know, not everybody can maybe have the funds ready that quick or whatever, but you know, you have to be ready sometimes to pull the trigger and you were ready that day. I was ready. Yeah. Luckily my wife supportive with everything I do with the cars and trucks and with my kids, uh, cars and trucks. Um, so luckily I was fortunate. I did have to get rid of a couple things, you know, to keep that, the, the hot wheels truck, but a uh, steel flame, but, uh, it worked out. And I always liked that truck since I first seen it in the magazine and, and and all that good stuff um so you know it's just something i had to have yeah we're so glad that you have it and you know i even saw dave shulman had chimed in on one of the posts and said man you know that it's a truck that so many of us you know look up to and admire and it's cool that really only a handful of people have owned it i mean there's a couple that steve talked about uh but you know not that many now, when you get the truck i want people to know this like when you get a truck like this an iconic truck it looks i mean it's eye candy there's sometimes a few things you got to do, right? And, you know, we've seen some of the stuff. You've been very forthcoming about some of the little things you had fixed. But what was in the process? Anything you can share with us about some of the things you had to do, if any? I did. Um, in fact, when I first went up to Ross's house to, to get the truck, you know, I told him, I'll be up there. I'm going to buy it. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm going to buy it. So I went up there and looked at the truck, and, you know, he showed pictures of the body damage, um, the front fender and the back uh, rear quarters. And, um, you know, the pictures, it didn't look that bad. So I, I had kind of had second thoughts when I seen the truck in person because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know it needed that much work to the body. And, um, you know, the whole thing is pre- preserve uh, the paint job and everything that's there. And, uh, you know, looked at it. My, I'd taken my youngest son with me, and he's all on that. Dad, go ahead and get it. Um, so I got it, you know. And um, then slowly but surely, I wanted to get, you know, mo- mostly so I could drive it. <clears throat> so uh, I had manual valves on it. I wasn't a big fan of Mm-hmm. of that uh i guess maybe in my younger years sure um so i put an air airlift kit on it for my liking cool um and then it was on to paint um 
and then some of the issues were trying to find somebody that could paint it and uh, I was sure could touch it up correctly. Got it. So I reached out to Ryan Evans and um, you know he's working at Counts, so he really can't do much else from being over there. So I reached out to a couple other guys, kind of do it, and uh, then all of a sudden at, at Dino's, um, John Yato in a RA, he uh, he does paintless den. He does paint uh, simply dents down in um, Temecula area. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's all, oh, I can fix that for you. I got a painter and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool. So right after Dino's, um, I took it down to him. He had all the body work done, all the dents taken out, and then it was taken over to uh, Eric Jackson for uh, the touch-ups and all the paint stuff. Man, I love hearing it. And for those that weren't aware, can you just maybe explain to them what was going on with the the, the driver front fender? Because Steve hit on it a little bit, but I think like if people understand, like you're really kind of cur- you jumped right into kind of curating this thing, man. Yeah, so um, the front fender had a crease in it. You can't really see a whole bunch in some of the pictures because it was in the steel flame part of the flame. And uh, when Josh had it, uh, evidently the ball joint broke, or uh, from what I was told. And you know, he—that's just the way it stayed all these years. And then I'm not sure how the damage happened at the back of the uh, fenders behind the tires. Um, I don't know how that happened, but um, yeah, and and a lot of stuff was. Yeah, a lot of stuff was kind of camouflaged is the way I say it because, like, the mm-hmm. paint looks so good. Like So, like, when I slapped hands with you, happened to see you, which was so cool to see you out at uh, Cruising for a Cure. Like, you know, my brain was in overload, and I'm like, oh, Steel Flame. I think that might have been the first time I ever saw it in person. It, I mean, I wouldn't even have noticed, you know. I just – so, but obviously, you know, owning it and, you know, some of the guys that have seen it more often, they kind of knew that that was there. But we love that you jumped right in head first to, to kind of get in a squared away. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my main priorities is get that thing taken care of and um, that paint, get it looking good and, you know, get it all back to where it needs to be. Oh, yeah. And shout out to, you said, again, Joe Bernardo. I got a chance to meet him in the past. Really nice guy. Many of the, the guys know him, kind of OG RA guy, and, um, or many, many years, rather. Uh, but uh, just, just a good dude, and that's cool that, you know, you guys were able to help, you know, he was able to help you know, acquire, at least get you in connection with Ross and uh, very cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good. Now, do you ever foresee, I know this is kind of a loaded question. Like, do you foresee keeping this truck a long time? I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, as of now, um, I don't plan on getting rid of it anytime soon. I plan on keeping it forever. Cool. You know, it's always the truck I always loved and, you know, always had wanted to have it. It came up for sale at one point. I don't remember when, but you know, at the time it just, wasn't going to happen. So, um, you know, to finally get acquire it, you know, there's no way I'm going to let go of it. Oh yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the grand national roadster show, but I want to give a shout out to my homie, Matt Weathers. You know, he had came down from Washington state, uh, drove the long way and he took a bunch of photos. He shared a lot with us, including some of steel flame. And, um, he, I guess got the witness, but you know, we, we saw the photos and Steve Platt, our last guest, ironically enough, made the, the truck over from Vegas and he got a chance to, to meet you. Uh, how cool was that? And I understand you maybe acquired something from him as well. Yeah, that was a great experience. Um, totally unexpected. I kind of heard a rumor that Steve was going to be there Saturday at the roaster show. Um, I never seen him. So I figured, Oh, well, you know, he just showed up, checked out the truck and you know, that was it. And then, uh, Sunday, I wasn't really in a hurry to get to the show because we had to stay so late to get the truck out. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, I was on my way up there, and um, Tom McWeeny texted me and said, 
hey, where you at? Steve's here. And I'm all, oh, man, really? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. So, uh, yeah, so got up there in Texas, Steve, when I got there, and um, he was there, and we, you know, went around the truck. Um, he checked it out, and, um, you know, we have some pictures of him sitting in it. Um, he brought his son out there that had never seen the truck. Cool. Um, so it was really, really an awesome experience. Um, so, yeah, Steve had brought down, I had asked him before whatever happened to it, but there's a uh, Hot Wheels logo with flames around it that sat on the uh, step notch mm-hmm. inside the bed. And it was missing when I got it, and I had asked Steve, um, you know, if he had any, I'm trying to collect all the memorabilia and stuff I, I can to keep with the truck. Um, and he says, oh, yeah, I got it. It's hanging in my garage, but, you know, there's some stuff I, I just will never get rid of. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he got there, and he says, hey, I have something for you. It's a package wrapped up in cardboard. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I didn't really think nothing of it. And, yeah, I opened it up, and there's that, that uh, Hot Wheels logo uh, that goes in the bed. So awesome. So it's kind of like the the missing piece of the puzzle to have back in there. So yeah, that was that was really really exciting. Yeah, it was kind of like when Fester reacquired the piece that went inside Last Look. You know, it was like a long lost piece that blew off, I think, or something like that. The story goes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. What I thought was neat was you had framed the SoCal Customs feature. So shout out to Brian Frost. I know he's kind of retired from SoCal Customs, but that was neat. You also had like a little board bait as well. But I tell you, the truck looks so good under those lights, and it brings a smile to my face knowing, you know, the care that's being put back into it. The Paradox Colorado Custom wheels look fantastic. You know, it always had the Colorado Custom steering wheel, of course. But just what a what an iconic truck! And I mean, you got to just be all smiles that you own this thing, Don. I am, I am, and hopefully, um, hopefully everybody appreciates the truck. I'm trying to get it back out there and get it seen because you know it wasn't seen for so long. And, yeah, it's just cool meeting the different people, saying they remember that truck um, from when they were younger kids, um, you know, meeting the previous owners. Um, the first weekend, right days after I got it, um, Josh came to my house. Uh, he's the second owner. And we had a RA barbecue at my house, so I just happened to bought the truck days before that. So Sick. he came by and checked it out, so that's cool. And, you know, just meeting the previous owners, um, just so many people reaching out to me on social media about the truck and then you had mentioned brian splawn last week when you mentioned uh yes you know he has the hot wheels all over his wall with the big poster yep yep he reached out to me and sent me you know pictures of that and it's probably a story for him to tell but you know just people that you know that truck has impacted their life in a certain way and you know uh, that's part of the reason why he has so many of the steel flame is um uh, it helped him get through some tough times so Wow. It's just cool to hear all the all the stories and everybody reaching out. Yeah, it's so refreshing to hear because, you know, oftentimes you can imagine being, a, whether you're a part of like an Impala community, lowriders, mini trucks, you name it, lifted. You know, there's always drama and scenes and things like that. But I often, as I get older, I try to just separate from that stuff. And you hear the good things and you hear like people that, I mean, who would have ever thought a mini truck could maybe change someone's mindset or help them through a tough situation and we'll have to link up with him at some point and talk to him. But you know, that's what it's about, dude. You know, it's about trying to preserve some of the main truck history, get, bring some smiles to faces, but also, you know, pay homage to those that built some very cool stuff. You know, even if it's 20 years ago, to me, it's, it's everlasting, man. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Now, 
something I wanted to kind of ask was, you know, when you think about Grand National Roadshow Show, I know Juan pulled a lot of people together, and, and, you know, every year there's kind of a little theme that they do. But for you to have the truck there, but also seeing all these other iconic trucks, I mean, I really kicked myself in the ass for not lining everything up and just getting there. You know, I kind of had some other stuff, but, I mean, should I have moved it? Probably. But I tell you what, man, wow, you must have just been in heaven with all those trucks around. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. Seeing, you know, like the Budnick truck, Alan drove it in there, and it was just, uh, you know, I knew the truck was around, but that thing was just just crazy, nice and clean still, and just just all the trucks there. It's just amazing to see some of the old mini trucks with the fender flares and the old camper shells and carpet kits in the back, and it, it, was, it was really a neat experience. Even the Gaylord's truck was there from back in the day, the silver Chevy yes. with the purple flames, and I didn't even know that truck was still around and still, you know, pristine as ever. Um, it is really, really cool experience. Yeah, our, 50, our quote 57 Chevy might just be, you know, a 99 Sonoma or a 96 Silverado. You know what I mean? It's weird how that right. stuff kind of changes, um, you know, over the generations. Now, something that I thought was pretty unique was, you know, seeing all the different trucks. You know, they obviously had what they kind of were saying, keep on trucking 50 years of classic haulers. And you think of everything, like you said, from the mini trucks uh, you know, to Vans, Alan Budnick's there. I mean, just so many, too many to name. Um, it's kind of mind-blowing. When when you think about all of the trucks that you grew up, you know, seeing in the magazines and stuff like that, you know, you probably just thought back and said, man, I would have never envisioned in 2023 I would be a part of a, an awesome event like this. Or maybe you did. <laughs> right, yeah, I never, never even thought, it, thought of it, you know. Never thought I'd, you know, have, have steel flame, none of this stuff. You know, I remember... It's just mind blowing, especially seeing the trucks with the fender flares. I remember back in the day, my aunts uh, hung around, you know, guys in the mini truck community, and the old Dotson with the fender flares. They had a poker run. They came by my grandma's house, and I was just in awe over those trucks at the time, you know. Yeah. And to see those, some guys still have the trucks, just like back in the day, is like, you know, how do they do do that? You know, it's just yeah, mind blowing to see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just to hit upon a couple more things, when you think about the memorabilia, my understanding was I saw that you did put the word out and some people chimed in. Some people started sending the magazines like you wanted to collect the features. There's obviously different versions, as I talked to Steve, um, about the Hot Wheels. There was the piece, of course, over, you know, inside the bed that you acquired. But it was also neat, and I don't think I hit upon this enough, when we talked to Steve there's there's also those couple of posters and he he has some of the stuff that I think he'll always keep but it is neat that there's a few other things it it just wasn't the street trucks cover you know what i mean right yeah i, I didn't realize that there's so many magazines in it um that it was in yep. um so i i got a couple made the pla- had the plaques made um i did get a, a one of the drawings i uh contacted jay larosa and um he had said hey you know i have one of these drawings if you want it um and he I got that from him and uh, one of the posters. Um, so slowly adding to the uh, to the collection there. Yeah, so awesome, dude. And it's so funny. I know I have the sport truck, and I have looked, dude. I got probably an hour and a half invested. I'm like, I know the cover. I know the red truck that's on the cover, and it's like, dude. I sometimes I just gotta let stuff go because, dude. I just kept looking and looking. That led me to organizing a bunch of magazines, and it just drive you crazy. But the cool thing is. You know, it's etched in, you know, truck history, you know, with those features, including, again, Brian Frost with SoCal Customs. You know, that was a neat one. 
Uh, but there's all of the different Hot Wheels. There's the elusive poster uh, that's out there. And, um, you know, there's certainly just some cool stuff, which I, I think is awesome. And I'm just glad that you own own the truck. And you got an awesome wife, right? Let's give her a, give your wife a huge shout-out for saying, hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, without her, none of this would have happened. And uh, she still thinks I'm crazy for trying to collect all the steel flame different versions of the hot wheel and you know she's all you got the truck sitting in the driveway here in the garage and it's just like <laughs> I, I still gotta have them you know yeah you're like hey i'm a big kid you know i gotta have the big version yeah. and the little version and what's your wife's name suzette suzette so but huge shout out to suzette for helping carry on that mini truck history you know what i mean yeah yeah Yep. So you're enjoying, um, you know, with RA, um, you know, obviously relaxed atmosphere, but you also have this big year coming up. You know, the sky's the limit. Depending on how many shows you want to go to, like you said, you could get the truck out there. It was kind of, I guess you could kind of say in hiding, it was hibernating for a little while, but now the sky's the limit. So I would imagine, although you've already taken it to a few events, um, some guys and ladies will probably be able to see it maybe throughout this year and, and kind of into the future. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know how many shows I'll be able to get to out of state um, just because of my work schedule and stuff. But uh, I wanted to try and go to LST this year, but it sold out real quick. Um, So we'll see what else I can get to. Um, I know um, I'm going to go to Forbidden Fantasy um, so people can check it out there. That's that's the only thing that I miss, you know, that I wish uh, Grand National Roadster Show could have done differently is, uh, you know, you couldn't really sit by the truck and talk to people and hear people's comments and stuff like that. So Hopefully at the shows I can sit by the truck and you know meet more people and talk to them about the truck and, and all that stuff. Because a lot of the younger generation, they don't know anything about the truck or, you know, what icon it is, mini truck it is, and, you know, want to try and get that out to all these people, especially the younger guys. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the things that you had unarchived was one that I wanted to share and I hadn't had a chance is the Mayhem, which was one of the first DVDs in our truck scene. Maybe not the first, but it was literally like the first, second, or third but that Mayhem Street Trucks DVD, Trucks Gone Wild, that famous Courtney Hollowell, rest in peace, quote on the front, you know, that has the feature. And again, that kind of goes to the whole, uh, the fandom, if you will, of this truck. There are some kind of cool things, you know, some things. And even some of those magazine features that Steve had shared with me that I got a chance to share. Like I said, that's one of my favorite things, being able to share some of that stuff because people scratch their head going, Man, I didn't know it was in a Japan magazine, and and you kind of go, yeah, because I mean, we think about it. Twenty years ago, it was unheard of to be able to have that stuff, you know. Right, right, yeah, and then it's also in the trailer to uh, Fast and Furious too. That's what I was going to um, ask you. Okay, so yeah, Eric Folber and I were texting earlier, and he goes, "Yo, you should ask Don." And I was scratching my head. I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like I've heard that. And then the other thing, before we talk about that, I wanted to mention the gentleman you mentioned earlier. I think he was the guy that had the dog walking business. Craig was his name? Josh. Josh. Uh, Josh, yeah. Josh. yeah. Josh is the one that has the dog walking business. Also, at, at uh, Grand National Roser Show, show uh, Josh stopped by and checked out the truck. So that's cool to have the first two owners of the truck there checking it out. And just all the positive input, you know, makes it all worth doing. Um, you know, Fester said the truck looked good. Um he didn't see it, but, you know, over social media and um, Ross, you know, uh, reached out to me again last week. And it's just it's uh, real, right? great to hear all the input, you know, um, from these previous owners and just makes it all worth it. Yeah, no doubt. And the guy that had the dog walking business, you know, it was ironic. If anybody has the footage, I swear there was that there was a, you know, I don't know if it was History Channel or it was 
TLC or something back in the day. You probably have heard of this, right? Because I brought it up with Steve. But there yeah. was like there was that episode where it was like a wedding. I think the IF guys or some of the guys showed up and they had aired the truck out. It was like a mini truck wedding. But this, I I think Steel Flame was in that episode too. It was, yeah. They had a cake with Steel Flame. Yes. Um, I don't remember the exact name, but I I did watch it. Juan Trevino told me about it and uh, did watch it online. Um, I guess that's the only way you can really watch it. I think it was online or YouTube. I can't remember. Um, yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, all the down-to-earth guys had their trucks there. Down-to-earth, uh, that's what it was. Yep, DTE. Yeah, their trucks were behind um, some sheer curtains with steel flame, and their trucks were all out there, and um, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, if you come across that link again, shoot it to me, and I'll make sure I share it for everyone. But you, the last thing I want to hit on, you did mention it was, for those scoring at home, it technically was in the Fast and the Furious 2 trailer, right? Correct pretty freaking cool and there's a story that i want to tell one day there's there's some trucks that were in the cars and trucks that were in the first one from florida and hopefully we'll get eric on one day down our way to talk a little bit about that but that is pretty neat and i'll have to try to find that as well because dude again that's etched in kind of cinema cinema history yes yeah it is yeah good stuff uh don dude i appreciate you taking a little bit of time you know congrats again on one acquiring the truck putting the pedal down, you know, and trying to, to kind of curate this thing and bring it back to, I won't even say it's former glory, like it wasn't that far off, but you know, the little things that you sometimes have to do. And then, oh, by the way, you obviously, you know, Grand National Roadster Show, all of that success, but I mean, we can generally tell that, you know, you're excited about this truck and we're excited to see, you know, what the, what the future holds with, with the truck and with you, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, one thing I want to just say is, um, you know, when uh, that Steve shared with me, I was cleaning the truck before Grand National Roadster Show, and I pulled the wheels off, cleaning the undercarriage and stuff a little bit. And he texted me, and he says, hey, check it out. Look underneath and um, see if there's a piece of tape under there. He's all, uh, when the truck was first painted, Courtney was at, at uh, the paint shop, and he took a piece of masking tape and put it, wrote down an NC logo saying that, you know, the truck's going to be an NC first, and, and, you know, he is already in extreme lows. Steve was, so uh, Steve wanted me to check to see if that masking tape was still under there with the NC logo that Courtney put, but uh, unfortunately it's not. I wish that was there. Um, that would have been pretty cool, but it's not there. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that, and rest in peace, Courtney. I mean, he, he was connected yeah. to so many different trucks, and we learned from Steve that you know he was instrumental in driving some things, word on the street that led to other things, and the phone ringing off the hook, so to speak. But just what yeah. a what a storied Benny. And I would encourage anybody, if you haven't uh, had a chance, go back and listen to the episode uh, before this episode. I think it was 323. But, Don, you know, to you and your wife, um, you know, your family, friends out there, man, just just keep doing what you're doing. We're super excited to see the truck again. And, again, thanks for letting me kind of bombard you a little bit there at Cruising for a Cure. It was great. I got to see it twice. I did those two little videos, man, and, I, and you brought a smile to my face, dog. All right. Great. Stay on the rise, and everyone stick with us. We're going to go ahead and transition into the audio from Red Hebron. So stay on the rise, and have a great weekend, Don. Thanks, Jason. Yo, thanks again, Don, for coming on and sitting down with OLP. We're about to roll into the audio with our title guest, Fred. I did record with Radar. I say I recorded, and the recorder didn't save the file, which is very frustrating. Now, Radar and I talked for about 10, 15 minutes, and what he reinforced is a couple of things. Some of you are going to hear this a couple weeks before LST, 
Some may be hearing it as you drive or fly in. You want to have your armbands on. Be polite to staff. And, of course, the back area you're going to see uh, when you pull into the facility, there's going to be a lot of signs for the show vehicle check-in. Of course, when you get checked in, you show your ID. They give you the armbands. You do have to wear those. Of course, they give you the sticker. He kind of reinforced they've got the uh, judging software that they use that has streamlined a lot. And the importance of that is it helps get people in, obviously, quicker to the show. You can choose to be judged there in those judging lanes, or you can bypass it if that's what you want to do. But he did thank everyone for the continued support. This is the 11th annual event, and things are continuing to go very well for them. They sold out in 56 hours this year, over 2,000 vehicles, give or take. So the word of advice that he gave for many truckers on August 1st, you want to basically be ready to uh, for, for the pre-registration. So, you know, a couple things, they don't do the transfers anymore, so you got to be committed. Uh, I have pre-registered the last couple years, and I just haven't been able to bring anything this year. Hopefully that'll change. But what you want to know is on 8-1, the 2024 pre-registration will open. So set your Siri reminders or Alexa or Google Assistant, whatever you're using, or put it on your damn calendar at uh, at home or at work and be prepared to pre-register for Lone Star Throwdown. That's, of course, 2024. Now, 2023, we're basically two weeks out. Many of you are going to be out there. I would ask that you tap on the hashtag LST2023 and hit follow. Uh, that's kind of an Instagram thing. You can follow those hashtags. That way it's going to help curate and pull in some of those posts. Now, I'll also be posting with hashtag Lone Star Throwdown like many people do, kind of the longer hashtag, kind of the shorter. That'll allow for us to get that content out to everyone. I'll be posting mini trucks, full-size, C10s, you name it. Everything's there. It's an amazing show. Now, again, Radar and I talked about a lot of cool stuff, and uh, I hate that for whatever reason, it's saying, like, for instance, it's saving now. And it might be time for some new equipment. We'll have to see. But uh, in addition, Radar did reinforce a couple of things that they also have classic truck throwdown. That pre-registration is open, and that's going to be at the end of June into July. So that throwdown family, if you will, is expanding. So the key thing there is you hear classic trucks, you're thinking old school, Classic now is 98 and prior. So they're looking, you know, OBS, mini trucks, C10s. It's going to be awesome. And uh, that, again, uh, you can go to Classic Truck Throwdown. They have that same look and feel of the website as Lone Star Throwdown. So those are a couple things that are on uh, the docket here for 2023. Now, in addition, Radar has continued to reinforce you can buy uh, the West Coast Influence. That's a DVD or Blu-ray. You just have to go to minitruckfilm.com. He's got some things in the works, potentially, and he did thank everyone for the continued support. If you want to get a copy, again, go to minitruckfilm.com. Order that Blu-ray or DVD. He does have some limited shirts left. There's some die cast as well on the website, minitruckfilm.com. I hate that. You're not going to hear the audio again from Radar. I apologize. Don't know what happened there. Uh, he's definitely got a lot going on as well. So, um, you know, we, we wish these guys the best. 
And for everyone that did pre-register or you're going to come through the turnstile or you're going to have a homie pick up a shirt or sticker from them, it all goes a long way because remember, you know, this stuff isn't cheap. It's not easy to do, whether it's a show or a build, but it's the truck community that helps keep the whole thing steamrolling ahead. So thank you guys. If you've ever come to Lone Star Throwdown over the past 10 years, this is the 11th annual. We're looking forward to it. So again, I hate that Radar's audio was, I don't know, gone, <laughs> but let's go ahead and roll into Fred's audio. Shout out to Fred. Thanks, Eric and, and Randy and a lot of the guys that had suggested having Fred on. We'll hit you guys, Lord willing, potentially with our next episode in two weeks, which is going to be the weekend of Lone Star Throwdown, and uh, we uh, thank you guys for all the support. Enjoy this interview. Peace. Yo, yo, I'm super excited to sit down with Fred Hebron. Did I say that right, Fred? Yes, you did. Man, I appreciate the the practice beforehand. And, man, it's a pleasure (laughs) to sit down. I said it at the top with Mike that, you know, Eric Fulber, and I kind of butcher butcher his name. You know, these guys, you know, they speak highly of so many of you guys in that region, but some of you guys have been down for a long time, friends and stuff. But I just wanted to thank you so much for kind of just sitting down with us here on the podcast. Uh, No problem. Now, I got to start with this. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where did you grow up? You know, what's the backstory on Fred, man? I grew up in uh, Catonsville, Maryland. Um, just a uh, yeah, average kid. I did, you know, I did all the stupid things kids did. Uh, rode bikes, um, scooters, and played sports. Oh, yeah. I was big in, really big into cars. You know, started, started tanging our cars in the driveway with my dad. Cool. Now, do you when you see those memes, like when we talk, you know, you'll see the meme where it'll be like, you know, we grew up in the best era and it's kid like jumping over other kids on the bike and, you know, like you said, kind of the craziness stuff. I mean, we grew up arguably in the best era, I think, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I got I got a 15-year-old. He doesn't want to go outside to do anything, so. I know. I always tell my son, I'm like, why do you want to live in virtual reality? You can actually live in a thing <laughs> called reality. <laughs> Right, uh, it is kind of crazy. I do remember spending a few minutes as a kid on the Game Boy playing Tetris, but remember that thing didn't even have a light, so that would only get you so far, man. Right now, did you? Uh, when I was talking to Eric, you know, Eric, he's in the bikes too. A lot of us are kind of at the age where you know we we reminisce back to our younger days. Did you find yourself doing the normal stuff that we did, like in terms of like riding bikes or wanting a particular bike that you got or didn't get? Oh yeah, when I was, I said that. You know, we're talking, we're going back now. Uh, I guess it would have been in the eighties. You know, I got a, a Huffy Stu Thompson. Oh yeah. Which, which, you know, they were, they were heavy. And then I guess it was probably about the late eighties. I ended up getting a Hutch and oh. I actually, I actually still have it. I heard, there. man. What color Hutch do you have? It's Chrome. Ah, uh, Okay. I don't know what model it is because all it says on it is Hutch. It does not say like the uh, pro race or anything like that. There's just the Hutch decals on it. So Hutch, Hutch manufacturer was. So I lived in Catonsville. Hutch manufacturer was in Arbutus, which was the next neighborhood over. Okay. So you, they, this bike, it could have came out of the dumpster because they used to throw bikes away all the time. Any any defect in them, they throw them away. 
Dude, could you Shout imagine if you just had a warehouse back then and you had like a time machine? You're like, yo, these bikes are gonna be like worth <laughs> a lot of money. I mean, because dude, Hutch, when you say the H word in the fucking uh-huh. bike scene, you know, dude, it's like holy shit. People are like, I mean, you're probably gonna have people hit you up after they listen to this, man. <laughs> I was I just seen I just seen on uh, marketplace a guy found one actually here in Baltimore and he's asking twenty five hundred bucks for it all original. When I looked at it, I was like, that looks like mine. And my kids sell my bike. <laughs> <laughs> they have a bike bag, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good stuff, dude. So, when you grew up there, did you find yourself being like a sports fan, or were you like, you know, some of us were sports fans, some of us weren't? I mean, I remember younger watching the the NBA on NBC, man. I loved it, and it was such a great era, you know, of of Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and all that stuff. But were you it, did you did you like sports, or were you just into the car stuff? So to be honest, I was really big into just cars and like I said, being outside, I played sports myself, but I couldn't sit and watch it. Yep. I I just don't, I don't have that. I didn't have it in me as a kid to sit around. Yep. I know. And it's like you said, it's so different these days. And I wonder just, man, you know, when you think about computers and, and, you know, now they're talking about these headsets coming out and all that. It's like, sometimes I'm like. It's a good thing, I think, technology, but in other ways, it's kind of like, man, get off your butts. You know what I mean? Right. I'll say, yeah, if I, if I was in the house, just because it was raining or we got punished. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's funny. So you mentioned the car stuff, right? At what age, like, you know, are you young teen, mid-teen, and you start going, yo, you know, you're seeing the pops out there, and you're like, I want to do that? Like, what was really the, the, the bug that bit you? Um, like I said, so I... So my dad had a 84 Thunder. Well, he's had a bunch of Mustangs and stuff as I was younger, but in 84, he had a Thunderbird. They were hot air cars, a turbo coupe, hot air car. And 85 Ford came out with a retro intercooler for it to turn it into an intercool car. And I was out in the driveway with him, helping him install that. Damn. And, and anytime he was, uh, I was probably, so if that was 85, I would have been 10. Wow. Yeah, dude, what a great year. So many great movies. But like you said, you're out there hustling with pops. Do you feel like those early days of like working on the cars, did that help link you right into the mini trucks? Like many of us, I remember reading Freestyle Magazine and, and BMX magazines. And then, you know, I'd see this truck with all these speakers and this kid's getting attention and he's got a BMX bike or whatever. Right. Did, did, did you kind of feel like that was the gateway drug into the mini trucks? So I was so like I said for me I was big in the in the cars. Um, all the older guys in the neighborhood rode around with you know Escort EXPs had house okay. house speakers house speakers and rode around with their hatches open. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is awesome! I love the you know I'm big into music. I like loud music. And I was like, man, when I, I can't wait to get a car. So I bought a actually I bought a Ford Focus. Or no, I'm sorry, not a Festiva was my first car. Yeah. I, I wrecked it not even probably three months after I had it. And I worked at a gas station at the time. The guy that worked there with me had a little Chevy love. Okay. And it was, it was, it was lowered on a had air shocks, you know, torsion bars turned down in the front air shocks in the bed, uh, on the back. And we had a dump bed on it. So I started going to little car shows, local car shows with him. And I was like, man, this is, I want to do this. I want to get a truck. So I bought a, um, I bought an 88 Suzuki Samurai. Okay, damn. It, it's hard top. Hard top. Um, I put, I ended up 
started out with two 12 inch Orions and and when I finished with it, it had four 12s. It had like a wall in it with four 12s. Senior year. So I got that in my 11th grade year. Went to Booger Bash. Uh, the next year was my senior year. And mom says to me, you want to go to senior week or you want your truck painted? Ooh, damn. That's your option. That's, that's, that's a dope ass mom right there, man. She's like, that's your option. Stay home, work, get your truck painted or go to the beach for the week, you know, senior week. And I was like, well, um, I'd rather stay home and make money and get my truck painted. Boom. So it was, so I got it painted, uh, pearl white with, uh, magenta, the geo tracker, magenta scallops. Okay. So it had, you know, it was pearl white with scallops on it four 12 inch Orions. And so, and then from there I was, I was really hooked in. I was two years into it and mom's mom trusted me. I went pretty much anywhere, anywhere. I told her it was a show. She let me go and she knew I wasn't in any trouble. I probably spent many a nights sleeping in the truck on a Saturday night from going to leaving the show on a Saturday, sleeping in the truck to go to a show on Sunday. Damn, dude. Yeah, you think about how many great times there were. And it's funny, like when you're talking about Suzuki Samurai and Booger Bash and just all these words, like they just bring back memories for me of seeing stuff in magazines, but also. Like when you look back at some of the old photos that like NWA, you know, those guys on the West Coast were rocking the, the samurais and stuff. Our right. friend, our friend uh, Kurt Crucial that has the YouTube channel um, the 80s Life, you know, he's got a badass Suzuki samurai. And you just look back at that era and you go, man, it, it, I wouldn't, I honestly, if somebody gave me money, I wouldn't want to grow up in a different era. You know, I would maybe want to go back into that same era for a little bit, but you just got right. so many fond memories from that time, man. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely had a lot of fun. Like I said, um, less concern. Just did what you wanted and have fun and nobody really bothered you. Yep. Now, a lot of guys, too, to kind of jump around real quick, like a lot of people would always talk about the Virginia guys. I know that's not exactly where you grew up, but a lot of those guys would go to, was it, I'm trying to remember, was it Newport Beach? Like they would always go to the beach. That was a big thing for them. Did you ever find yourself going to certain cruise spots and stuff, whether it was near or far? Um, so, you know, we would go to Ocean City. That, like, for me, that's about three hours away. That'd be a day trip for me because we always, I always got tickets okay. for, uh, noise, for noise pollution. <laughs> so, you're like, I'm not so hurting one, the environment. So, once, once I got my ticket, I'd just come home. Used to go to a cruise spot in PA, up in York, PA. There's a strip there that the cruise, and then here local, it's um, Richie Highway. It's in Glen Burnie. Everybody hung out in different parking lots, and you just rode up and down Richie Highway. Okay. Now it's no secret. A lot of you guys are very tight knit there. You're obviously negative camber, and you know when you think of all of the guys in that in that you know you guys' crew, so to speak, right? Tight knit community there with you guys. What um how did you how did you start meeting up with some of your friends that you're still friends with now? Hanging out in the Pet Boys parking lot on Richie Highway. Boom. That was the so start. it was like, you know, it was yeah, that was so that's how I met um Chad Gill and um Clint. He's got the blue Tacoma blue Toyota with the Tacoma front end. Yep. That's that's how I met those guys. They came out, you know, they were in many trucks and they they were from a little different area, but they, they found out about the Glen Burnie area, came out and hung out with us. And, you know, we just made a connection and realized that we weren't really that far away from each other. We were a lot closer than we thought. 
Yep. And then, you know, from there, we just all became friends. Eric's a little younger than us. He was, he actually worked at West Bend for it. And that's how I met Eric was when he worked at West Bend. And we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. And I think I may have missed you possibly last year at the cabin, right? Because a lot of the NC guys will get together and they got the cabin deal and stuff like that. Yeah. We talked, we talked a little bit at the cabin. Yeah. I think, I think we did. And I think I was a little, uh, <laughs> I think I had a little too many waters in me. But, um, well, yeah, <laughs> but we did talk a little bit, and you know what was cool is I see the camaraderie between a lot of you guys, right? And you know, and some of you guys are working on, you know, some of the guys are working on this truck project for other guys. But when I talk to Eric yeah. all the time, you know, I it, it's such a tight knit like group of dudes. Like you guys could like go anywhere and and have a good time. Well, that's how it's supposed to be. I I just it's funny. I just seen a meme today, and it said. Uh, so guys can stand around for three hours and do this. And it was a bunch of guys standing around laughing and drinking and it said, and they'll never ask each other what their names are. <laughs> right. And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. Well, earlier in this episode of the podcast, the listeners would have heard, like I kind of talked about with my ODB live and uncut, like just telling people to get out of their comfort zone a little bit. Like if you're at mini Nats, you know, go meet some people that, you know, you and I, we've been in clubs a long time, but like there's some people that are walking around a show. They don't really know anyone. But I always encourage right. those people, like, be like, yo, and slap hands with people because, you know, think about the friendships that you made just bullshitting in a parking lot, and you guys are still friends 20, 30 years later. Yeah, that's a, that's that's what I can, my son, like I said, he's uh he's 15. He started coming to the shows with me about three years ago. He started coming. He's really big into it now, wanting to go to shows. But I'm like, dude, you come to the garage with us and have garage time and learn some things. I said, you got some of the, you probably got some of the best mini truck builders around this area to teach you things but he 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 don't want to do it um we are looking for a truck we're looking for some kind of truck for him because he does want to get into it mm-hmm. i keep telling him you gotta you gotta put in your time too you gotta help us like you're not yeah. gonna get a truck and not be out there helping us yeah i think some kids will kind of like even my son doesn't he's not worried about driving or anything but I wonder if, like, in five or ten years, you'll look back and say, man, like, dude, my dad did have something cool. Like, man, I wish I would have, like, you know, because think about it. Like, when I was younger, my dad wasn't really into wrenching stuff. He had a 59 Chevy, but, you know, he drove it. I wasn't out there. He wasn't teaching me how to lower a vehicle or anything like that. You know, like, a lot of our parents kind of thought some of that was dumb, right? So, you know, nowadays, it's like, you know, you and I are willing to go, yo, let's build something. You know, we got cool friends. They know what they're doing, too, and they can help us. You know, and I still can't get my son involved. So, <laughs> you know how it goes. Now, oh yeah, I definitely know it. Now the the Suzuki and the Geo Metro or the 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 Geo Trackers and stuff. I mean, those things are are really iconic. I mean, I think they're they're sought after vehicles. And do you think having the Suzuki did that lead you to when you acquired the Amigo? So, um, I want to say it was like probably 94, went to Booger Bash and there was a bunch of lowered escorts, like escort GTs. Mm-hmm. They, I was like, man, they're awesome looking. I, so I came home, as soon as I came home from Booger Bash, I started ripping all the stereo out of it, out of my Samurai. And my mom was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to sell this, but I'm keeping all my stereo stuff. I'm buying an escort. And she was like, you're buying an escort. Biggest mistake I ever made. I liked the car at first, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. And and so I had the car probably about probably had the car about a year and a, maybe a year and a half. And I was like, I want something different. 
everybody had S10s, local, you know, all I had square body S10s. I wanted something different. And I just happened to come across the Amigo in a used car lot, and it was two-wheel drive. Nice. And I was like, there it is. I don't care what I got to do to get the money to buy this truck. I'm buying it. Yeah, in the beginning, that was uh, my understanding, because Eric had shared some photos, it was white at that point. Yes. Yep. So I bought I bought it, and I drove it. <laughs> I drove it a total of 16 miles to a friend's house where all my tools were, and turned the torsion bars down, took leaf springs out of put lowering blocks in it. We went to leave his neighborhood, and the front cross member... End up by the time we got out of his neighborhood, the front crossman was dragging the road. I had to go back and raise it back up. <laughs> and, oh, and, and I and I'm not one to raise them back up. I will lower a vehicle for somebody, no problems at all. And when you come back and tell me, hey, I need you to raise it up, I'm like, oh, that'll cost you. <laughs> I want I want everybody to have lower cars. Yeah, man. Do you remember? God, you just brought back some memories thinking about car lots because I had looked at a few mini trucks in car lots. Like one was an Isuzu Pup; it was white. It had a walkthrough, and I was like, "Man, I wanted that." And this kid, Chris Lopez, had a Mitsubishi. But I used to spend countless hours for like a buck twenty-five. I'd get the Auto Trader. Maybe it was a dollar, and I would go through there with a fucking highlighter, going, "Man, I would like to have this." And what about this? And you remember those days, man? Yes, sir. Kids will never know. Now they're on their phone with an app, Auto Trader, and I go, yo, it ain't the same, man. Nope, it's not the same. And I, I look on Marketplace all the time. Like I said, I'm looking for a truck for my son. And I'm on Marketplace all, every night. I'm looking, and I'm like, it's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. And um, here's the funny connection I have to an Amigo. So my first vehicle, I haven't really talked a lot about. I wanted a truck. A couple of my friends had Mustangs. I ended up getting this really nice 88 Mustang. Had JL box, Viper alarm, clean paint, super clean interior. And that's what I cruised around. It was kind of that era, uh, early 90s, right? Kind of 93-ish, right? So then my buddy John, his first vehicle, he gets an Amigo. It was a purple Amigo. He bought it from a local Isuzu dealer here. It was used. And um, he ended up lowering it. Our friend Paul put a box in it. Had a couple neons on the inside. What was so funny, the torsion bars were cranked down, so when we would go places to the cruise spots, he could like kind of do the clutch in a way that it looked like it was bouncing, dude. So right. he, he'd be driving around, and he's like, yo, and like people like thought he had hydraulics. I mean, we didn't have a lot of hydraulics around here, you know what I mean? But the okay. way he could kind of do it, so it was funny. So we would ride around this thing. We had a lot of good times, of course, the top off. But then years later, when my truck was being built, I ended up buying that Amigo from him, and damn, were they fun, the cruise, man. Yeah, I'll say I've had mine now. So I got I bought it in ninety in the ninety six ninety seven is when I bought it. So it tells you how long I've owned it. Now around we can't talk about Amigo without mentioning Rob Rodell. So around that era, right? And you start thinking about Lomigo and stuff. Were you looking in the magazines and getting motivation, going, "Yo, check this thing out," or like, what was your motivation for doing work on it? Well, the the low Migo had a lot of motivation for me for you know some of the stuff that I did to mine because when I would see it, like I said I'd seen it and I was like, man, I really like that. I like like the way the tags cut out of it. I did the same thing, you know. I basically did the same thing to my front bumper that he did. Yep. Well, it's really it's really ironic. Is now you know Rob and I talk all the time, and we pretty much both got the trucks around the same time and. 
were building them around the same time. It's just his, he was getting more show coverage and it was coming out when I, you know, like see it in primer and stuff. And I was like, Oh man, look what he did here. Yeah. And you know, you know, he, he lived in Maryland for a while too. Yeah, I think he mentioned that, and that always threw me off. And it was odd because when the truck sold, remember, it was up in New Jersey for a long time, but I think it went to, like, one show. Yes. Which was kind of crazy. Yeah, I want to say, so he, he lived in Frederick, and, like you say, moved to Texas. And then, uh, it, like you said, when the truck got sold, it got sold to a guy in Jersey, and it came to the Low Roller Show. Okay, yeah, the, that's right, end of Summer Bash. Yep. Shout out, to Phil and those, yeah, shout out to Phil and those guys. I mean, what... A great bunch of kinfolk, huh? Oh, yeah. Phil's awesome. I love those guys. Yeah, we're trying to get Phil Fowler for president. You know what I mean? We need to get those bumper stickers around the country. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. I don't know why this is etched in my mind, but I always think back to reading Mini Trucking. And again, I had the Amigo for a while. My buddy John, when he owned it, we went, I mean, tens of thousands of miles in that damn thing. He had like 150, 200,000 miles on it. But I always remember, and I guess this maybe was yours, maybe it wasn't. Was there an Amigo that had a license plate on it that said Hot Nicks? I thought there was one that somebody, and I thought that the guy's name was that. But that wasn't yours, was it? Has yours always been Chameleon? No, it's when I first bought it, it was white with like a purple graphic. Oh, that's right, right, right. It was white, but then you painted it Chameleon? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the one you're talking about. Yeah, I got to go back in Matruck and as I'm going through the issues and try to figure that out, but... There, there weren't that many of them. That was the crazy thing. No, I would say it wasn't that many of them. Um, I think the most I've ever seen in a show was probably three or four years ago at Mini Nats. Yep. When the five amigos were there. Yeah, and kind of, I think, all-time low at the time, did some photo shoots and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, there were some cool photos going down, which is pretty cool. Now, do you remember, like, for instance, you went to a lot of shows that I just never had a chance. They were kind of out of my scope. But, you know, did you make your way to some of the shows that you mentioned, like, into Summer Bash, but also, like, Carlisle and some of those? Yes. I mean, Carlisle, into Summer and Bash. Uh, we used to go to Indie, Indie, uh, Indie Truck Bash. Used to go to the, um, I can't think of the name of their show, but it was Subculture from Virginia. Like, the Richmond area had a show. Okay. Uh, we used to go to that all the time. Yeah, a lot of good shows within that kind of area. Now, when you think back to maybe some of, like, what's one of your favorite stories or moments at any show, right? It could be Indie Truck Bash. It could be hanging with some guys. I mean, you got to have one that's just, like, epic where you just you, you love telling it. Uh, I mean, we, we had fun at all of them. Um, I'm really quiet. I don't, I just sit back. I don't really do a whole lot of Walling out like most people <laughs> most people really don't even recognize you know, know who i am because i usually just sit back i'm that like i told you i'm i'm kind of boring yeah it's all i good. sit back i sit back and i look at stuff and say oh man that's a neat that's a neat mod like how do they do it and then try to figure out like what what, to, what we can do on someone else's truck later yeah and that's why we wanted to have you on because we want people like yourself you know you're kind of quiet behind the scenes you know fred hebron Right, I'm saying, I hope I'm saying that right, but it's like yes. you're you're a good dude, and my understanding though too is like always like you've been a good, you know, I'll say kind of coach, right? You've been there for other people, helping, doing what you can, and and you're kind of a guy that's like you know you might play the wall a little bit at the dance, but you'll get out there and you'll get your hands dirty too. Oh yeah, I'm I'm helping these guys. I'm helping these guys with a project they're working on now. Yep, yep. 
Can't wait to see that one, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So Eric tells me there was a story, and he sent me a screenshot, a screen grab of, was the Amigo in a music video? Yes. So tell us about that. So Eric called one day and said a buddy of his needed a bunch of trucks for a music video. And so he's calling people. Well, he was calling us and asking us what we're doing. And I was like, I can get it out. I'll come. So we meet up and we start riding out to where we, where they were going to meet up at. It was like a, an old abandoned or closed up Home Depot or high uh, Hackingers, I think it was. And I was like, oh, God, we're getting jacked. So they didn't bring us out here for a video. They're jacking us for our trucks. Um, <laughs> ended up being a local guy from Baltimore trying to trying to make a, make something of himself. Wanted to do a video, and he wanted cars in it. And of course, I was the one with the convertible, so he wanted to ride up the road in it, hanging out the back of it, doing his doing his rap song video. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh boy, this is awesome." Of course, that was the big. That's a big running joke now. Big Shorty Route Forty. Everybody talks about it, and occasionally the video will come pop back up on Facebook. Ride with me, right? <laughs> right, right. Big Shorty Route Forty, man. That's where it was at. And um, the, the I think the screen. I think in the video you're driving it, or was it Eric driving it? That was me driving it. Yep, yep. Good stuff, man. Now. Something I've always wondered, right? No, like I, I didn't maybe over the years put the pieces of the puzzle together that the Amigo was yours. But some of my old friends, I remember they would go. We went to like Nopi ninety nine, two thousand. They were going before that. You know, they were hitting some other shows. But there was a guy that they always mentioned. There was a guy named Ryan Cochran. I think he was from Virginia. And Ryan had a Mazda featured a mini truck in, and then he redoes it. It was the first truck they saw that had, quote, fast bags on it, from what they recalled, right? Because a lot of guys were running the quarter-inch lines. Right. But Ryan, I think, was one of those guys, right, when the chameleon paint became real popular, right? Some guys were running it here and there. Do you remember that truck, or what was the motivation for you painting yours the chameleon paint? So that truck was his work truck. Work truck actually, yeah. the, the, the chameleon paint on my truck is not really the first color I picked. Ah, so it was a, um, it was a, like a purple, purple pearl color from Ford. On it came on the Thunderbirds and like ninety five, ninety six. So it had like on the curves of the Thunderbird, the pearl looked pink. So that was the that was the original color, and then all of a sudden, the uh, the Mustang the the Chrome Illusion Mustang or whatever you want to call it. I really love that pearl on that must the flip flop on that must on the Mustang Cobra. But everybody kept telling me, well, Ford will only sell that paint. If you have a Ford, like they won't sell it to you if you don't have a Ford and it's got to be approved. Really? Yeah. Chad, Chad Gill. They said he worked at the body shop and he found the, I guess it's the sister company of the company that made the paint for the Mustang. And at the time, they only had the three colors. It was like Extreme Rainbow, uh, Ocean something, and then there was a third one. I can't remember the third third color. And I was like, man, the Extreme Rainbow changes a lot of different colors. I really like it. It's so many different colors in it. So we, we ended up buying that, and they did a spray out for me. And I was like, oh, this is going to look good with all the curves and the Amigo. Yeah, and it came out awesome. And the... 
the thing that people may not know is like the Amigos, those kind of had the four by four fenders. I think technically they were, you you'll yes. rarely see the front ones, of course, on an Isuzu pup, but those things, I mean, they've got that, those big fenders, plenty of fender wells for wheels. Right. Right. Now what's, you know, we talk about the pain a little bit, like tell us a little bit more about your Amigo, some of the other suspension work and stuff. So, um, the front clip, it's been clipped from the firewall forward with a pup front end. And then from behind the driver and passenger seat back is all uh, two by three box hand built. Nice. So, so, so the only original is underneath the seat. Yeah, that's nuts. And for those that don't know, what's the reason for you guys doing the clip like Sean Mahaney did back in the day? Why do you do the clip on the front forward? Because it's it's basically it's basically the Amigos are pre-runners. So the, the all the suspension stuff, like for four-wheel drive, everything hangs down real low. So all the cross members, the lower control arms are all like they're all big and beefy, and it sits down. So to get the frame to actually lay, you'd have to modify and cut all the control arms and stuff off anyway. So I think the lowest I could get the frame with the factory uh, Amigo front end was like four inches off the ground because the cross members would then sit on the ground. Damn. So I didn't originally I didn't want to body drop it because I drove it. That was my daily driver too. Like that was all I had. So I didn't want to body drop it. I just wanted to just I wanted to lay out and just drive it. So we did the front clip. Um drove it around like that for the longest time with the front clip and four link. Um and like I said it did now it finally laid the frame. The uh thing I I think I ended up body dropping it. Um an inch and a half just because we cut the pinch weld off of it. So if I wouldn't, have, if I wouldn't have cut the pinch weld, like actually if I wouldn't have cut the pinch weld off of it, it was almost not worth body dropping. Yeah. It's insane. And it, like every time I see it, I mean, it's super low. How does it ride when you're cruising low? Oh, it rides really good. I've actually, some people have, people have ridden in it. Fine, like other people in my family have ridden in it and they're like, man, I can't believe this thing rides as smooth as it does. Yep. And you got shocks on the front, I would assume. Yeah, it shocks all the way around. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it looks so good. And in the f- the photo that Eric had sent me, and I'll share these with with folks, is like the white the white version. I swear, if if the 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 date is correct, it looks like it's like January of ninety four. But that thing, well, because you you said you bought it in ninety six, ninety seven. Maybe the date's wrong on the photo, but it was white at a show, and it has the billet wheels on it. It looks like center lines. Yeah. So uh, when I first Again, when I first started building it, it had uh, I ended up putting 15 inch uh, centerline fluted hawks, and it had hydraulics on it. Got it. Yeah, because it has air now, right? Yes. I was saying, and then I did. I moved up to. I got rid of the 15s and went up to a 17 inch fluted hawk because I really, I really like the way those wheels look. So I just just stuck with them. Just went to a 17 inch wheel. Because yep. you know the, the wheel at the time, the wheel fad. Everybody, had, you know, 17s were the next biggest thing. You had 15 inch wheels, yep. and then, uh, and then, like I said, when I front clipped it, that's when I took the, the hydraulics and stuff off of it and put air rod on it. It was a five batteries, two pumps, and it was all covered up, so you couldn't see it. But I didn't have any. My biggest goal was to actually have a back seat back in the truck mm-hmm. because. The the few amigo at the time the few amigos that you seen nobody ever had a back seat back in them. Yep. So that was my big my big goal was to do something that I hadn't seen and keep the truck with a back seat in it and still be laid out. Yeah, and with it being kind of topless, so to speak, right? 
that gives right. you that whole other dynamic. And a lot of people that may not know is really the rear seat is kind of directly above the rear axle. So typically when you're tubbing those and you're going with these massive wheels and stuff, you know, a lot of that's just kind of thrown out. But it would right. be a travesty, dude, to have an Amigo like what you got. I mean, it's an ultimate cruiser, right? Big wheels, riding low, and not be able to have the homies or the, the chicas sit in the pack, man. <laughs> right. That's good stuff. Now, did you, in those early days, I would assume, but talk to us about driving the shows. Did you, were you trailering stuff, like even back in those days, or were you driving your truck? So I drove it all the time. I did not get a trailer until my daughter was born in 01. And that's because my wife and daughter came with me. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't put a baby in the Amigo. Right, right. Yeah, the baby seat in the back, you know, with no top on it might be a little of uh, a safety deal. So, so I had to, I actually had to go buy a pickup truck and a trailer to go to the original mini Nats was the first time I towed it. And that would have been the, I made O one or O two. So it'd have been, I guess O two when I towed it there, it was like I said, my daughter came with us and she did, she went to a lot of shows with us until, until she got into sports. Once she got into sports, I actually put the truck up. So that right. way I could to do stuff with, you know, to be able to do stuff with her. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you got to take that family break and kind of do the family thing. Right. Cause that's important time in the kids' lives and stuff. Right. And now, like I said, now both, both my children want to be at shows with me. My daughter's 22 and my son's 15 and they'll be at mini Nats with me. They'll be at, uh, the East Tennessee show. And if there's any other shows that come up, as long as she doesn't have to work, she'll be there. But my son will definitely be with us all the time. Uh, so, so now it's just it's just easier to trailer. Like I would love to drive it those distance because I don't have a problem. I've, I've never been afraid to drive it. It's just once you start putting four people in luggage, you run out of room real quick. <laughs> yeah, you do. And that's <laughs> something I got to commend you on though too. You know, driving the shows when you could, right? But I think the other thing is we often hear this from people and it's no slight. Like when people say, you know, I had my stuff and then I kind of sold it. Family comes, wife, house, kids, all that. But dude, something I got to tip my cap to you, Fred, is that you kept your truck all this time. And think about now, if you were itching and jonesing to get your truck back, you know, it's a lot of guys are, and again, it's no slight against them, but that's something to be, you know, thankful for that you kept it because now you can still enjoy it. Right. I talked about something, you know, we family, like you said, life happens, family happens, came into some hard times. And I talked about selling it and my wife kept telling me it's not costing us anything but insurance money to sit in the garage. Yep. Don't sell it. She said, you'll regret, you'll regret sell, selling it. And I told her, look, I built it once. I could build it again. And she said, don't sell the truck. So, so, so my wife put her foot down basically. Yeah, and, and told she, me I could, and told me I couldn't sell it, which I'm thankful she did. Yeah, and think about the money she saved you because this, hear me out. You know, things are more expensive now. You know, guys are kind of looking to get back in it. You know, you obviously have your connections with the homies, and you know what you're kind of doing with tools and stuff. But so many people don't, and I know a lot of guys are saying, "Man, you know, I'm forty something years old. I can't afford to, you know, pay for a body drop or those things. You know, that you could maybe when you were younger. You figured out a way." So. To me, you kind of save money because nowadays it's way more expensive. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll say it's funny you talk about how when we were younger, uh, I can remember not eating lunch at work for week for months 
to save up money to get the you know to build the frame. Yep. Yeah, the sacrifices that we would make or the debt that we would go in at a young age to do stuff, um, or even As now, like, it's just mind blowing. Right. Now let me ask you this, kind of a different question. What's the most epic moment that you've ever had in the Amigo? Maybe it's a, a photo that you took or a show or someone riding with you. Is there anything you can think of, Fred? The most epic one? Yeah, the most epic moment in the Amigo. Well, yeah, there's, there's one floating around with uh, two people hanging out of the back of it shirtless. <laughs> I think I've seen those. <laughs> was it was Eric one of those guys? <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, the animals, dude. Eric's an animal, man. Yeah, he he would. We were at a we were at um what's that laid out in the park, and he he actually laid in the back of the truck and fell asleep, and none of us put a cover over him or anything. He was so sunburnt. Really? Yeah, like basically like the the um, reminds me of a uh, police academy movie where the guy the guy the guy falls asleep, you know, but um. Yeah, dude, that's, you know, there's so many good memories that we have from going to shows. And speaking of that, like when you would go to Indy Truck Bash, I went for those couple of years, we flew up there. Dude, I was always amazed at the quality. My buddy Russ and I at the time go, you know, we, we left there and we're like, man, there's so many complete trucks, you know. And it was no right. slight against from, you know, coming from Florida. But, you know, many truckers, oftentimes we would take our stuff and it wasn't finished. But I remember right. going to ITB two years in a row, just scratching my head going, dude, like, all these trucks, finished interior, finished paint, clean chassis. Um, any good memories that you have from ITB? Hanging out at the bar after at that Saturday night after the show, with the you know the Camber guys all met up at a, at a bar. I uh, want I can't remember the name of it. Starting line, I think it was. So you know, everybody from Camber would go back to to this bar and hang out there, and then we you know we'd go back to the hotels and the you know, parking lot fun. Oh yeah. My buddy and I, we stayed somehow. I mean, this was like early 2000s, right? So he was probably booking online, Wikipedia, Expedia, whatever the hell it was. And I remember, for whatever reason, we stayed like 20 minutes away from the host hotel. I don't know if he just got a good rate. So we go in, and it was like up near, I don't know. It seemed like up near where like the Pacers played or something. I don't know. But we were like in this really ritzy area. So we get there, uh, we know we show up and we're like, man, this is like a nice like business hotel. Like where's the mini truckers, right? Because I mean, again, we were like 20 minutes away. And there right. was like, I remember his brother going like, oh, look at these, you know, Bissarinis or some crazy Ferraris or something. We're in the fucking parking lot. So we walk <laughs> in and my buddy, either the lady's like, uh, she kind of looks at us. She goes, how can I help you? And he goes, we're here to clean the toilets. And she looked at us and he goes, I'm just kidding. We're here to check in. And she's like, what the fuck? You know, but <laughs> I always remember driving over. Um, it was, at, I think, Indy Raceway Park. And, um, man, it just it was such good times. And I look back and I cannot believe, Fred, that that was 20 years ago when I went. Yeah. I say that's 20 plus because, like I said, my daughter's 21 now, or 22. So it's a long time ago. Now, here's a trick question for you. If you had to just pick any show, your favorite show of all time, is there one that you could you could pinpoint it on? My favorite show? Mm -hmm. I would have to say the uh, Mini Nats now is good. I really like it. But the original Mini Nats in Pigeon Forge. So many people say that. It, it was the uh, lining the streets. It was the cruising. It was all of that. It was kind of like people that have been to cruising Woodward, they said it had that vibe which is very similar to what they have now, but it had that vibe in Pigeon Forge. 
So, so my first time going to Pigeon Forge for many nets, we were riding down the road, and I don't remember what cover truck it was, was riding down the road beside us. And I was like, that truck was in the magazine last month. Like, it was just so many feature trucks just cruising the strip. Like, I was like, whoa, I'm in this white stock paint, white Amigo with pink or purple graphics on it. And they're, you know, thumbs up at me and they're riding around in a cover truck or a feature truck riding down the main strip. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. And that, then just, that's just being the two show, just being the two shows there was so, you know, it was so big because you could get so many more people. Yeah. And for the listeners, we've had LMC on in the past and he's talked a little bit. He's kind of like the mini truck, the mini truck and Nat's historian, right? From the custom scene podcast. We'd have to get him back on again to talk a little bit about that because it was the competing husband and the wife, and they had gotten the divorce or something. And it was like two shows, and there's kind of the, like a weird dynamic there. But like you said, you know that's the cool thing about the camaraderie of mini truckers. You know, maybe the competition was a little bit more stiff back then, but dudes, you know, giving thumbs up to, to awesome rides, and that's kind of the vibe that I tell people that we see now at Mini Nats. Because you don't have to have a ticket to get in. I mean, you can still hang out and cruise all night, even during the day. And, dude, I tell everybody, if you haven't been the Mini Nats, the current, like we were last year, the current setup in Maggie Valley, they're straight missing out, aren't they, Fred? Yeah, they're definitely missing out. Like, you know, he does he does the drawings or whatever, and I, I told everybody, I said, even if I don't get a ticket, I'm still going, and I'll still take the truck. I tease my kids and tell them I'm not taking it. They're like, Dad, you got to take it. I'm like, well, if we don't get a ticket, we're not taking the truck. We'll go hang out, <laughs> but we're not taking the truck. And my son's like, Dad, I'm not going because we're not going to be able to cruise the strip if you don't take the truck. Yep, yep. And I'm like, oh, the truck will definitely go. Like, I, You see so many people online hurt because they didn't get a ticket and i'm like man there's so much more of that show than just being on the show field yeah and i've been a part of the scene long enough and i know you have too like some people get and, and you know listeners you know i say this all the time some people get so frustrated over it i look at it like this right maybe this is the wrong approach but i go yo if i go to a show and i don't have to bring anything it's almost kind of a relief, you know, because if I'm loading the trailer and then I got no one helping me and I'm doing this, I can do it all and I've done it all plenty of times, but I'm just getting to the point where it's like too much work, you know? So right. I look at it as a little bit of a break. You know, you go to a show, you don't have anything behind you, you don't have to worry about anything, but I know there's hardcore enthusiasts that, that are totally opposite and they go, yo, I'm not going to go to a show without my truck, but this is the win-win that you get. You bring your truck or car to this event and you can still participate in a whole different way, and again, cruising and all of that. The cops are cool, so it's it's a damn good time. Right. I say probably I went to went to Greenville, and I didn't even enter the truck. I parked in the spectator spot and then walked through the gates that way. Yeah, like, we went. Everybody's, to, like, everybody's like, you drove eighteen hours to go to a show and you didn't enter it, and I was like, nope. Yeah, drove eighteen like, hours. It's that good. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, took the truck there, drove it around, and then parked it on the spectators' lot and walked around the show. Yeah, we started going in 2000 and, you know, talk about seeing covered trucks and just badass stuff, build extensive with his dually and, you know, guys from Oklahoma, guys from the West. I mean, it was a hodgepodge. And like you said, that, that same feeling and, and the thought that you have, you know, the original Mini Nats is kind of the feeling that I have, you know, about Showfest because we went so many years in a row and we just had such a good time. But like you said, right. it's not always. I, I guess I'll never be able to get this through to everybody. It's not always about winning a trophy. It's not always about, 
you know, getting the show, getting in the show, you know, I mean, sure. Is it nice to have your truck right there and, you know, you bring your stuff in and your chairs right there, but dude, I, I'm not even sitting down. I'm walking around. I'm, I'm taking photos. I'm doing that to me is, is the fun thing. Talking to the truck owners, I could care less of my trucks there. If it's there, great. If it's not even better, I don't have to worry about the gas on the way home. <laughs> right. I'll say, yeah, I tell, like, I tell my my son all the time, I was like, I met some of the best people you've ever meet hanging out at car shows. Real talk. And and I said, you don't get to see them all the time because they live in other states. I said, but as soon as you see them, it's like you didn't miss a beat. You guys are still friends. Everything is good. Like, again, some of, some of the best people you ever meet are in the car world. Oh, yeah. And, and speaking of that, we had someone on the podcast not too long ago, but he's up your way. And my understanding too is you've known Paul Davis a long time, and you know you, your your connection to Paul probably goes back to the Ombre, I would assume, right? Oh, my connection with Paul, <laughs> um, yeah, Paul and I've been real. It's been he's been my best friend for a long time. He's uh he's a little younger than I am by a year, two years maybe. So I knew him Paul before he even had a car. But he had a D fifty. They had a D fifty before the Hombre with uh it was white with blue scallops and hydraulics. Then paint he had it painted candy green. Had some wire wheels on it for a while with with the hydraulics. And he ended up selling that when he bought the Hombre. Yeah, it's good times. And you know when we had Paul on, you start thinking about what a quick build that seemed like it just was like overnight. But I mean, how many mods on that thing? And then to be one of the first handful of mini trucks on the cover of street trucks that had to bring a right. smile to your face, kind of that whole region rather, because maybe the whole Maryland region didn't get maybe the love that it should have, right? The West coast, you got East coast, um, you know, with Florida, then you got the Midwest and stuff, but that had to be, bring a, a big smile to your face. Knowing the homie, you know, was on the cover of street trucks back in the day. Oh Yeah. What was one of your favorite things about the Isuzu Ombre? What was some of my favorite things about it? Yeah. That nobody believed it knew it was Paul's. And I'll <laughs> really? say when it when it was done when it was done, it, it went to the the handful of shows, but a lot of people didn't realize whose truck it was because there was times that Paul couldn't go because he had his son and he didn't get to go to some of the shows, you know, kids of life and but the truck would go. Yep. Our, our our real good friend Brian McMillan would take would go with Chad. They would tow it to like they towed it to Florida, I think, a couple of times without Paul. But um, no, like we uh, we spent a lot of time on that truck. The uh, the tail lights and the tail and the license plate and stuff, just just different stuff, and like trying to be trying to be unique and different at the same time. Yeah, and it really goes down in history to me as some of the coolest mods, and it was cool to have Paul on because we talked about, like, the taillights, and sure enough, some of that lineage goes back to, you know, Chris Anders, when they had the topless Mazda. He kind of had those pop-up taillights, right? And then, like, right. my truck, I ended up going, yo, I love the... My license plate was a little bit different. It was on the inside the cab, and it was on an actuator, and it went up and down, but all those little things, like, it's crazy to me that we can pick those little things out of the mini truck scene that we really love and we can incorporate those into our builds and nobody goes, Oh, yo, you copied, you know, it's like, it's paying homage, man. And, and I tell you what, Paul knows this, you know, we became friends and we text each other here and there, but you know, what a good dude, family guy, of course, but built really oh, yeah. an iconic truck, man. Many of you guys help too. Yeah. He's uh he's in the process of working on another one now. I heard the burb is the word, the burb, 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 the burb is the word. <laughs> Yeah, so 
Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, hopefully, you'll be okay with me bringing this up. But Eric, he, he kind of mentioned too. So, listen, here's something that a lot of people don't think about. There's not a lot of, you know, you're African-American, right? And, um, you know, there's not a lot of African-American dudes in our truck scene, right? There's some good ones, some damn good people out there, man, right? I don't, And I'm a big person of, I don't care if you're black, brown, orange, pink, it doesn't matter to me. But I think it's really cool, and you, you know, to me, you're just a good dude, and that's what matters. And like, well, we can talk trucks, and 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 it's just like it, it, it's like we're brothers from another mother, man. Right. So, so I also I'm also big into drag racing, and okay. I tell I tell everybody the two places I can go, and no one ever judges or questions what you are, and that's either truck show. Or the drag strip. Hell yeah, man. That brings a smile said, on my face, dog. I said, at the drag strip, when I got the race car out, I've had people that you look at them and you were like, there's no way this guy's coming over here to help me. And they're like, hey, I'm taking this part off my car to get it on yours so you can make this pass. Damn. And I was like, huh? So I, so my original, my original race car was a 83 Malibu wagon. Okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, I had some, I was having some distributor issues with it one night at the track and a guy took parts off of his car and put them on mine so I could make a clean pass with the car. And then when I came back up in the return road, we took the part back off and put it on his. And I was like, there's no, when the guy came over and was like, I know what the problem is. And I was like, there's no way this guy's coming over here to help me. And it, and it was like, he just had that look like outside of the racetrack. You'd probably think he was the biggest redneck out there and wouldn't talk to anybody anyway. other than, and he, like I said, he took the parts off of his car to help me. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I've never, even at at the truck shows or car shows, I've never had any issues. It's always been, you know, everybody's asking questions, how you did it or, you know, anything they can do to figure out how you did it or just talk to you in general. You can ask them questions about theirs and everybody's been, you know, always been cool. Yeah, and I tell you what, man, I as I get older, I, I like to reinforce this to people. It's like, man, if you're a type of person that you've got hate in your heart for anything, especially just people that are that are not the same as you. I mean, I tell people I, I, I this is a college course I had for a while, and it was like about changing people's mindset and trying to like get into people's minds and things like that. And and I highly encourage people like, man, you know, don't just judge people based upon the way they look, man. I know it sounds basic and many of you are going, yeah, I, that's that's the way I live my life. But I highly encourage that, man, because, I mean, you know more than anyone. It's like people shouldn't be, you know, hated on for, for, for just be, for being who they are. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because at the end of the day, we're all different. Yep. Yep. Real talk, man. Well, I appreciate you talking about that. Why don't you give a shout out to some of the homies? I mean, I know I'm putting you on the spot, right? So you're gonna probably not get you. You know, you gotta always give the disclaimer, man. If I forgot you, I'm sorry. But you, you've given a couple shout outs. But you guys got a good crew of people up there, kin folk. Um, you know, any any shout outs you want to give, man? Um, just my my the people out, like you said, the group. Well, you got Matt, uh, Matt from um, Charm City Upholstery, uh, Eric, um. My buddy, our buddy Brian, Chad Gill, Clint, 
uh eric's buddy eric's buddy all our buddies actually jimmy he's quiet he's the quiet guy he don't say much more quiet than he's you. always more quiet than you fred <laughs> yeah jimmy's more quieter than me and oh, he's sounds. but he's always around he's a good guy cool but yeah and i like when people give the shout outs um because you know there's like you said and like eric said about you he goes yo he's the guy that might be in the back but he's listening he knows what's going on he knows his stuff but, you know, there's a lot of guys that are probably never going to want to come on the podcast or maybe we'll just never have an opportunity to have them on. But it's cool to hear people because, you know, they appreciate that. You know, they know that, hey, I'm not forgotten. Uh, but they're, they're still hardcore mini truckers. So, so to be honest with you, when Eric was letting me know about this, and my son tonight even said to him, Dad, how are you going to do this? You're, you're like one word guy. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're always like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, you I'm did like, good I, though, man. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, bud. I said, I'm, I'm a little nervous because I am, like I said, I am yeah. the quiet guy. I don't. Sure. I stay in the shadows. Yeah, it's all good. Why don't you, especially, you mentioned your family. Give a shout out to your wife and the little ones, man. So my wife is April, my daughter is Sam, and my son Ryan. Good people. They're, they're, they're my, they're my support. They're, they're my support team. They're always got my back. Hell's yeah! I got a couple more questions, and I'll ask if you got anything else. Uh, I'm a big hip-hop fan, right? So we talked a little bit about the Amigo being in the video um, earlier. You know, I think back to, like, Master Inc. or Master Ace Inc., you know, when they kind of got together, it was a collaborative thing. And I think of, you know, Mad Skills is from Virginia. And I think of Will Smith and uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. And even, like, Third Base, right? I mean, guys that help break down doors. Even, you know, Vanilla Ice, Eminem a little bit, Milk Bone. There were a couple, you know, the white dudes that were doing it. But... When you, th- I mean, are you a big fan of hip hop? My understanding was that you were. Yes, I am. Any any favorite group that you go back to that you're always bumping their stuff? Uh, I listen. To, I still listen to anything from the '80s and the '90s. So all your NWAs, your Easy's, oh, yeah. any. <laughs> I, I I'm big on the old school stuff. What about what about some Cypress Hill dog? Oh yeah, Cypress Hill. Some some Two Live Crew. My man, I asked Mike the trivia question earlier, and he got it. Today in 1989, Two Live Crew drops their third album, Nasty As They Want To Be. I'm like, hell yeah. Mike's like the whitest white bull you ever meet, but he knew that. (laughs) I go, all right, Mike, I'm going to give you two tick marks. But I think back to when Cypress first was coming out with, uh, you know, know, how could I just kill a man, right, and that stuff. And I just, um, I remember renting on VHS when Juice came out. And that right. movie had a big, you know, it reinforced a lot of things and, you know, it's things I hadn't seen as a kid, you know, with the DJ and Queen Latifah in it and Tretch was in it and Pac and stuff. But I think back to all those days of watching UOMTV raps, even though I grew up in Land Lakes, dog, we actually had cable TV. And I look back to those days with Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, they helped cement a lot of stuff in my mind, you know, and I was at Walmart buying Daz effects, you know, we want effects, we want to get right. Daz effects and all of that stuff, and I look back at the era, and I'm so glad to see. I haven't watched the Grammys this week yet, but like with hip hop, you know, celebrating the 50th anniversary, and all these different uh, artists on stage together. I know they all couldn't be there, but I just thought it was so awesome, dude, for hip hop. Right? Yeah, I want to say I um I do cycling, so I, I I do a lot of road bike cycling, and the group I ride with are they're a little older than I am. Well, some of them. And then some of them are finding out I'm probably older than they are, but we were riding, we were out riding one day and the road we were on was, had so many potholes and I started singing De La Soul. And the one guy looked at me and was like, what do you know about that? I said, well, I'm a lot older than you think. 
<laughs> and of course, of course, we were singing "Potholes in the Lawn" as we were riding down the road. Now, <laughs> that's all. See, hip hop can bring people together. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, it's like music. I really do think is the universal language, man. Oh um, yeah, definitely. And speaking of De La, I I can't recite all their stuff like some guys can. You know, but. Big props to them because, you know, it's been a long time coming. Their music hasn't been available on streaming. They've had a lot of disputes with record label stuff. But as I understand it, it's all coming if it hasn't already come into streaming. They're getting ready to re-release some of the vinyl and cassettes and CDs and a lot of that. But think about it, Fred. A lot of people haven't heard – a lot of the younger cats haven't even heard their music, which is insane. Right. So, but, um, yeah, man, we could definitely talk hip-hop. I know at the next get-together – and um, I would encourage people, you know, go out there, listen to some of the stuff. Um, even though I don't use Pandora much these days because I've got Spotify and Apple Music, like I tell people, if you go on Pandora and you type in an artist like Cypress Hill or Daz FX or Fuji's or whatever, the amount of curation that they do, I mean, I have found, you know, so many different artists and bands and stuff that I listen to today. So I tell people, you know, go out there, check out new stuff. You know, it's there's plenty of music out there. And I don't want to hate on the new stuff. You know, it's maybe not my cup of tea, but I do love that hip-hop is continuing. I'll keep it kind of PC, so to speak. But I do love that hip-hop is continuing. I think there's some good stuff. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes in the next 50 years. Yeah, I, well, I listen to some of the new stuff, too. Like I said, I, I got a 15-year-old, so I got to listen to it. He, don't, he, he listens to old stuff with me, but he, he does get me listening to his stuff, too. Yep, yep. I know I'm stuck in the G Funk era listening to Warren G, man, on repeat. You know, <laughs> hey DJ, you know, when I right. uh, jumped out, you know, I hit the gate and jumped on my Schwinn and told the homie, all right, Dan, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still, right. I'm still bumping it. But Fred, dude, it's been, uh, it's been an honor to have you on. I appreciate it. Do you have any prediction? Uh, last question before I ask you anything else. Any prediction for the Super Bowl, even though you might not be a big sports fan? I don't. I. I, nope, no prediction at all. <laughs> hey, I like the answer, right? It's honest. I like that. Um, anything else you got for the listeners uh, before we wrap it up, dog? No. You're, you're trying to get me out of them shadows again. <laughs> yeah, brother. Uh, you can find Fred. Uh, it's H-E-B-R-O-N, Hebron. And you can find him on Facebook. He's got the American flag in his uh, profile avatar deal. He's got some photos of the Amigo out there. We'll be sharing some as well. But I appreciate kind of just the fun, laid-back, honest conversations that we had, Fred. I really appreciate it. A little bit different dynamic. And i got to thank Eric and, and um, you know, Randy and some of these guys that really said, hey, get Fred on. He's a good dude. And uh, big ups to them and all of NC. Big shout-out to NC Negative Camber. That's all I got, Fred. Anything else, doggy? That's it. Hey, thank you no, so thank much, you. brother. And, and ha- have a successful 2023. Uh, thanks, you too, and thanks for having me on. Yep, and we'll see you at Mini Nats in yes. about two and a half months. Yes, sir. Thanks, dog. All right, see you then.